Jam-packed to the rafters. Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. And welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys for being with us here for episode 242. It is Monday, October the 11th, 2021, and we are here to start your week off right as we romp you through the world of retro wrestling. As always, I'm Joe Murata, joined by Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy diddy. The fall has arrived. It's falling. It is very... <laughs> It's very much falling London out there. Falling. Yeah, and the, yeah, the London falling, the leaves are falling. Mm-hmm. But thank you guys for not leaving us as we are, I'm sorry, going to romp you through the world of retro wrestling as always. Uh, the, the look Quinn gave me, you know. Horrible. You can see that on the raw video, but don't yeah, watch that. Don't Never. <laughs> don't watch it. Anyway, guys, thanks for being with us here. Uh, we have some great topics in store for you. But before we get to any of that, we want to remind you, you can follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You're going to get daily gifts pictures an occasional clip but don't tell anybody yeah don't secret clips yeah, secret clips uh, so you can follow us on it might tw- get deleted yeah we don't know so give it a shot twitter at ovp podcast you can also email us if you want to at ovp podcast at gmail.com that is ovp podcast at gmail.com but quinn the best place if people want to talk to you and me and well over a thousand retro wrestling fanatics is where over at facebook.com slash fanatics yes of course the biggest site for fanatics of all kinds but mainly old wrestling mainly um, old wrestling mainly old wrestling you know how you get there right no uh, there's a search bar on facebook okay. you type in the search bar our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast bing bang boom tube score kafloey hit the join group you're in now i understand something quinn that if you're going to join the group there's one rule to agree to one rule only don't be what a dunderhead don't be a dunderhead and all we mean by that everyone is uh you want to talk about retro wrestling go ahead you know have at it you want to discuss debate disagree feel free the only thing we ask is don't be an asshole about it yeah just don't be a dick that's it that's, that's it those are the uh rated r synonyms for dunderhead okay don't yeah. be a jerk off just mm-hmm. be nice to each other don't get into like personal attacks and things you want to you want to disagree over kamala be my guest right yeah you want to disagree over rick martell and the awa fine Talk about Dory Funk Jr. Absolutely. We don't, we don't talk about any of these things ever, but if you want to, you can. Dory Funk Jr. <laughs> Just be nice about it. Okay, and that's over on our Facebook group. If you have a Facebook, join the group. It's free. You're green to one rule. Give it a shot. And if you want extra OVP content, let's say you've been listening in a few months or a few years, uh, five years even, because we are at the five-year anniversary now. Is this is this the anniversary? Tomorrow actually is. Oh, wow. Five years there, there of OVP. There you go. This is a special show. Yeah, there you go. Adam, it's just, so, just like that. It's so special. I didn't even know when <laughs> I, we started. I just remembered now. But <laughs> yeah. anyway, if you've been following us and listening to us for a little bit or a long bit, and you want some extra OVP stuff, we offer that at Patreon. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. A very small donation of either two or five dollars will get you a deluge of content. Yes, deluge. I said. Plethora. Oh. Is that is that a word? According to Lex Luger. Okay. And a whole plethora. So if you want the extra stuff, the pay per view reviews, the 1984 canon, you can get that on Patreon. Patreon.com/slash OVP podcast. Out right now. Royal Rumble '94, and uh, coming up in November, Quinn the Biggie. 
WrestleMania 10. Mm. So if you guys want that again, patreon.com slash OVP podcast if you want to donate. All right, Michael, we have a new segment. We just debuted it last week, obviously. This is an opening segment, folks, where we are talking about perhaps wrestlers, match types, concepts, things like that, that were very popular, very successful in other parts of the wrestling world, mm. such as, you know, the South, Jim Crockett, Memphis, AWA, perhaps, Dallas, places like that. Hotbeds of wrestling, if you yeah, will. those places. Those places. But for whatever reason, didn't translate, didn't come across the right way, or just didn't get over in the New York territory, the World Wrestling Federation. This is a little segment called Anywhere But New York. I'm in a New York state of mind. Only the best here on OVP. So, so depressing. I know. It's very sad. Now, this one was suggested by our great friend of the show, Richard Land. And we are taking suggestions for this one, so you can feel free to drop those on our Twitter or on our Facebook or shoot us an email. But Mr. Land over there, Quinn, yeah. he wanted us to talk about Barry Windham. You know, I have reached a point of professional wrestling that I am the proven product. Barry Windham. Remember this guy? I d certainly do, and a lot of people fondly do. Now, you might be saying to yourself, hey, Joan Quinn. Well, you wouldn't be saying it to yourself. You'd be saying it to us. But you might be saying Barry Windham was the WWF Tag Team Champion. Cool. Everyone was a Tag Team <laughs> Champion. <laughs> and he certainly was, but we're talking about the well-regarded singles wrestler, Barry Windham. Yes. We're talking about the one that, oh, he's the best version of Four Horsemen right. one that like everyone's like Barry Windham. He was like one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. The guy that in the NWA in the mid later 80s was a bona fide single star, you know, and mm -hmm. NWW again in the early 90s, a champion held a lot of titles. But for whatever reason, whenever he came back to the WWF on a couple of different occasions, it didn't work out. And we're going to talk about that. So Barry Windham, Quinn. Mm hmm. Quick recapper, we don't do a full whole career retrospective on these segments, but his dad obviously is Blackjack Mulligan. Yeah. Of the Blackjacks. Right. You've right. Heard of the them. Blackjack brothers. Yeah. Them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Blackjack or brothers. Cousins or to whatever they are. Totally what they're called. Yeah. Early part of his career was trained by Blackjack Mulligan and he debuted in the late 70s, I believe 1979. And a lot of that was down in Florida, NWA Championship Wrestling from Florida. Mm -hmm. John Morocco, the magnificent Morocco, moving out against Barry Windham. And this is. Exploding on Wyndham. And then he uh, actually teamed up with his real-life brother-in-law, Mike Rotunda, IRS, of course. Oh, look, look at all the relations here. Yeah, see that? And they had a, um, a run as the NWA Florida United States Tag Team Champions. How do you become, like, a sub-champion of a promotion that's it's a sub-promotion? Sub <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's... Hey, what? man. <laughs> Territory system. Mm -hmm. uh, so, of course, Vince McMahon scooped him up at the end of 84, that team. Right, Wind right. Windham and Rotunda. So then, because the, the World Federation, they were looking for talent. They yep. wanted people. Yep. And they see this young kid, right? Yep, this young kid. Very talented. Both guys, you know, good wrestlers. And they come in, and in January of 1985, they defeat the tag team champions, Dick Murdoch and Adrian Adonis. Mm -hmm. We have new tag team champions, Barry Windham, Mike Rotundo. They rather famously lose them the tag titles, at WrestleMania to the Sheik and Volkoff. Right. And may I add, during this time, I think that why people thought they were such a big deal, I'm not kidding, is because they gave them the Bruce Springsteen Born in the USA they did entrance give them theme. The ironic song Born in the USA, yeah. yes. And right around 1984, 85, are we talking Perestroika? Yes. And then? It's very Perestroika, right? Mm -hmm. Acapella! Huh? Uh, Perestroika? Oh. Mm -hmm. Okay, I got it. Ferrajaka. 
It was Reagan era. Mm-hmm. This was just an apt time for this team. Anyway, they win the tag titles back in July. And by October, Wyndham is gone. And he is replaced by Danny Spivey. And the team isn't as good. But meanwhile, Barry Wyndham does go back down to the NWA. He goes back down to Florida and then makes his way over, Quinn, to Jim Crockett Promotions. Yeah, where you can actually make a name for yourself. Absolutely. Yes. I'm serious. Yes, this is but- true. And he does make a name for himself. I mean, 86, 87, 88 is a great period of time for Barry Windham. Right. This is his like peak period, right? This is when he starts dealing with Ric Flair and yes, he does. Right. And he joins the horsemen in early 1988. And I'm sure that the sports analysts in the months and the years to come, when they reflect back on this event, this moment will be the most outstanding moment in any professional athletics this entire decade. And this, by some measures, is considered the best horseman. A lot of people will say this. Yeah, you know what? A lot of people do. I like this version. I also just like the original version with Oli. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I do. Mm-hmm. I like. I know. You don't like Oli. Well, who I likes mean, the Oli? Thing I, but... In the, the original, the, here's, the, here's the thing with the, the horseman in the original one, right? Yeah, go ahead. Tully is a gem. Iron is always iron, right. so you don't have to worry about him. But Tully is an absolute gem, but Oli is like nothing. Like, I, I can't stand him. I don't know why he's there. He's just like an old man. I'm sorry, Quinn. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Barry Windham has a great run in Crockett in 86, 87, 88. And then he leaves Jim Crockett Promotions by then renamed, I guess, WCW mm-hmm. in early 89. And in June of 89 comes to the WWF. Right. As so a- this is going to be the big, he's going to be a big deal, right? Yep. Uh, you know. Here is your winner, the And very much how they took uh, Tully and Arn and called them the Brain Busters. You know, everyone's got to have a nickname and a gimmick. They give Barry Windham the Widowmaker name. You know why this was weird at the time, too? Because, like, Ron Bass was, like, just there or whatever. Yeah, like, months prior. It was, like, kind of the same thing. It was similar, right? Yeah. So let's talk about this 89 run. So the landscape of WWF, June of 89, right, when he comes in. Hulk Hogan has recently regained the world title. Mm-hmm. You've got the Ultimate Warrior feuding with Rick Rude. It's that era, right? The yeah. Brain Busters feuding with Demolition. Macho Man's around. Macho Ultimate Man. Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. Like, he, here's Andre the thing. Duggan. Yeah, he comes in, and I feel like he's, like, completely out of place. He's a, from being a big fish in a small pond to being a small fish in a big pond. I, I you know? kind of think so. And it's not a slight on Barry Windham, the wrestler, because he is a great wrestler during this period of time. Yep. But my question is, and again, we don't know what they were going to do with him because I guess we should skip to the end of this run. In October of 89, he's already gone. Right. Because nobody cares. He's just beating up (laughs) idiots on superstars and it's like, I got a whip or whatever he is. I don't know. He doesn't even have a whip. I See, there's a million cowboy characters in WWF and they all fail and they all either have a whip or a hat or chaps and spurs. I don't know. And none of them are good. (laughs) It's true. I mean, that is there is some truth to that, Quinn. Uh, but the reason he left this time around is I guess his brother Kendall and his big dad there, uh, Blackjack, were involved in some kind of counterfeit money what? allegations. And I don't think Barry was actually involved, but he left anyway. And he was probably most famously slated to be on Randy Savage's uh, Survivor Series team for 89. He wound up being replaced by Earthquake, oh. Canadian Earthquake, <laughs> in a last minute deal there. But what do you, where could this have gone? In 89 um, WWF? Nowhere. You, you really don't think so? No, not in that environment. And I mean, why, the, why is that? there's like 100 million stars in this company at this point. There's like no room for him. But people would argue that Barry Windham is a star. He had just come from NWA. Um, and, not compared to Hulk Hogan. But he, <laughs> like, not compared to Macho Man. Not compared to Jake the Snake. Not compared to Andre the Giant. 
not compared to whoever else you want to say. Ted DiBiase. Warrior. He's nobody to them. But it's not a slight on his wrestling ability. No, it's just that he should have stayed in the other thing where he had a spot and then he was a big deal already. You You can't just enter this company like brimming with stars. There's no room for you. You There's only so much time in the day to show... So many superstars. Yeah, there is. I mean, they only have a certain allotment of TV every single week. And they did put him on TV. Let's be fair to them. Yeah. He was undefeated on television. He was going to be in a marquee position on Savage's team, which is like the second most important match, maybe third, at Survivor Series. But you think it was just a sense of timing and the Widowmaker wasn't a gimmick. It was just a name. It wasn't like he had anything more than that to stand out. No, he just beat people up on superstars. That's all I remember him doing. That's That's what he did. Possum was being played there by Santana, and he just waited for that right moment for the Widowmaker to overstep the mark of confidence. Uh, So he goes back to WCW in the spring of 1990, and he rejoins the Four Horsemen again. Barry Windham has returned to the Horsemen as one of the original four. And this is where, like, Ole was kind of phasing out. Good. If you, <laughs> Good. Good. If you recall. And then he, like, pokes into that whole fucking Sting thing where he's, like, fake Sting in Halloween Havoc. Yeah. Remember that when Sting is fighting Sid? Mm-hmm. And anyway, again, he has a great run in WCW. This is just where he fits in, in my right. opinion. Is because WCW w- doesn't have 7 million people. <laughs> it's true. I know. I, I agree with you. people that are good. I agree with you. And he really... If you think about what makes WCW fundamentally different during this period of time than WWF, and this is a good thing, is WWF is flashy, it's glitz and, gl- and glamour and all that. Two-minute matches. Two-minute matches. Good, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and WCW at its core, in a good way, this is a compliment, is more about the realism, the athleticism, yeah. no frills, no gimmicks. So much so that when they tried the gimmickry in the early 90s, everyone's like, what the fuck are you doing? And an arm drag takeover by the very colorfully attired Arachnaman. And Barry Windham is a great example of that, where Mm -hmm. he didn't need any bullshit. He was just like, Barry Windham, I'm a great wrestler, I'm a big guy, and I'm going to kick your ass, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what he did. And he he goes on to continue his WCW run, I guess. A low point slash high point is uh, the Great American Bash 91, the infamous one where it was supposed to be Ric Flair. Yes. Winds up being Luger versus Barry Windham. Right. Barry Windham has to be the the guy here. Yeah. The fall guy, if you will. Luger Mm -hmm. turns heel. Harley Race comes out. It's a whole embarrassing thing. And then Windham is still a tag team here. He teams with Dustin Rhodes. He wins the WCW tag titles in 92. There's a lot going so on he's, with him. He's, he's a thing. You know he's I a mean? big deal. He's a big deal. So he found his spot here, right? But Yes. There's a lot of people who just, they really, really wanted him to be a big deal in WWF, huh? Right. So after his WCW run ends, which is basically, he's kind of there and then not there uh, until like 94 He's yeah. in WCW as late as 94. He so takes some flair. You know what I always think is weird about Barry Windham? He's not even like that old yet, right? But he's already fading by like, I want to say 92-ish. Like, you know what I mean? He's kind of like in and out and whatevering he is everywhere. In the, he's in his early 30s by that time, That's which like is your crazy. Prime. I know. That's like, that, why is he just disappear off the face of the earth around this period of time. I don't know. It's strange. He's younger than Bret Hart. Yeah. He's younger than Mr. Perfect and a lot of those other guys. Clearly younger than Randy Savage and people like that. This guy could have gone on to like literally like 2001, 2002. Sure. Like he he wasn't that old. Would have been 40. Yeah. (laughs) 41. Would have been a fine time to retire. You know what I'm saying? Like he could have gone on that long. A lot of this is injuries. Uh, And again, we're kind of skimming over his career to get to the New York part, which is 
In the summer of 96, some vignettes start airing for this creepy guy, kind of like Skinner's friend almost, it seems like. Named this the shit was like, okay. Like, I was like, what is this? But when the stalker enters the World Wrestling Federation, those predators will become my prey. Who cares? First of all, you have to understand, WWF at this time... <laughs> Look at the landscape, right? What, what was this, 96? Summer of 96. Summer of 96, right? We just talked we got, about this last we week got with the Tony Hopper Anthony. Yeah. and fucking... The, the goon. Freddie Joe Floyd. Yes. And all these all these people coming in that suck ass. Farouk, but with the helmet. Farouk, but with the helmet. Right, so here comes Barry Windham, but he's not Barry Windham. He lives in the woods in the Everglades or some shit. He's kind of like... I don't he's know. He's like Skinner he's Mountain like Edition. Skinner, but he's dirtier. I don't like. I don't know how you're dirtier than Skinner, but he's got like a mustache that makes him look gross. Can you see me? I see you. <laughs> and if it were dinner, I'd be full. <laughs> I guess the original implication, I don't think it was ever explicitly stated. He was, I think, originally supposed to be a heel. And right. he was going to feud with Mark Merrow and be stalking Sable. This never happened, by the way. But the stalker, the way they showed it to us on television was like, he hunts. Or yeah, something. that's all, like, it that's all it, He has like a knife in his mouth or and he comes up through the water or something. I don't know. Like, it's not Corporal Kirshner. It maybe, might be both of them. It could be both of them. But the point, but the point is, is that the funniest part is that I don't remember any of the, this uniform as much as I remember him in fucking a WWF shirt and Zuba's pants right. at Survivor Series. <laughs> So gimmick notwithstanding, right? Which I guess if they're implying that maybe he's an ex-Vietnam vet that was like maybe. demented, but they yeah. never went with this, no, right? No, they acted like he just literally he liked to hunt in the Everglades <laughs> yeah. sometimes. Like he's just some guy who also, by the way, looks like he's 45 years old and he's like 32. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the, it's like, uh, it's so, the same. It's like the Rock and Roll Express all over again. I don't understand how they pull this off. So if they had done if they had done the creepy edge version of the gimmick, I could see that maybe pushing the envelope, maybe working. But instead, he's just like, I don't like the heels, and also I'm Barry Windham. <laughs> also, I like to hunt alligator on the weekend. Right, but like, like, like I did, it's not even that's my job. It's that on the weekend, like he doesn't look it's my like. Hobby. Yeah, he doesn't look like this is his profession no. as much as it's like he's really into this. Like he likes it's hunting. A, yeah, it's a, when he's not wrestling, he goes does that instead. What's funny though is like you're not going to find the wrestlers out in the woods. You have to go to the arena. So he, he's not stalking them in the woods. No, I just don't know. Wrestlers don't live in you, the woods. It's not like I like to play video games, so they call me the video game master. But I'm really a professional wrestler. Isn't that you know Xavier Woods? No, but they don't say he's good at like that's no, not. I know, that's, Quinn, I'm kidding. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like if you don't use someone's hobby as their gimmick. Well, Vince loved to do that for some yeah. fucking reason in the 90s. Anyway, yeah, what Quinn was referring to is the most infamous thing. They give up, he gives up immediately. So at Survivor Series 96, <laughs> the stalker comes out at MSG in a WWF tank top, like Zuba's. No face paint anymore and a Pretty shitty sure mustache. Sneakers on. Yeah. <laughs> Looking like he's so defeated, right? Yeah, it's just like, fuck this. Like, I'm done with this place. When Give me my check so I can leave. <laughs> right. But the tour continues because at the end of 96, Justin Hawk Bradshaw is like, hey, this is stupid. Let's become the new Blackjacks because that'll work. 
So, in how many times do they try this? We go back to blackjacks. Uh, we go back to cowboy shit again. The funniest part about this to me, this team blue, is the blackjacks. They're like referring to a team that when they showed the footage, looked like I'm watching something from 1971. It looked like a Ken Burns documentary remember, on the Civil War. Remember, they would show that this is who they're trying to be. I'm not even kidding. Like the footage on superstars. Remember these guys, and they show like footage from the 70s. It looks antiquated like, back like, then. Colorized recent, like like color was new. Like you can tell the the footage they would show, and I'd be like, "Wow, that's really old shit." And then I'd be like, "Are these the same guys?" That was my first inclination as right. a kid. Like I was like, "Oh, they're back! Right. Wow, they they haven't aged a day or whatever, right?" <laughs> like, but then you realize, no, they're supposed to be like their sons or. I don't know. They're what. very vague about it. They're they're, like, they're, they're they're maybe related. They they lie basically. They're like Wyndham is a Mulligan's son, and uh, uh, Bradshaw he's related to Lanza somehow. Uh, we don't cousin, know. How, yeah, they just like kin. Nephew, I think they always said kin. I, I don't know. Blackjack Mary Wyndham's father, Blackjack Mulligan, as well as Blackjack Bradshaw's kin, Blackjack Lanza. But anyway, the new Blackjacks actually have like a one year run. Sometimes they're faces and sometimes they're heels. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Joe, did they ever win the tag titles? Because no. in my head, no. there was like a minute that they were too, because the, you know how the tag titles just, again, always change hands. They, they weren't, but they were always floating around the tag they, division, right? They were right? a lot of times getting title shots. I yes. seem to remember this. And we did dedicate a whole segment back to them years ago, but I guess the point is here is why would this matter in 1997? It's not that they're bad wrestlers. They're fine. And then in early 98, he turns on Bradshaw. Good. Joins Jim Cornette's bad. NWA stable. <laughs> <laughs> and has like blonde hair, but he looks really old and bad okay, in, so in 98. I will say this about this, Joe. And then he leaves. Go ahead. This, <laughs> this to me fed into as a kid because already by that time there was this insistence that he was good and Jim Cornette squawking out here saying, NWA, NWA, he's really good, I promise. Like that immediately made me like, Oh, he sucks. Like, yeah, like, that whole stable was not supposed to be that good, whole right? stable. <laughs> it's a waste of time. I know people don't want to hear this, but that whole stable is everything northern people don't like about southern wrestling. The insistence that we're better than everything, and, and I and think like, that was the point. And then they just get squished by like by WF people. Like, you well, know what I mean? Yeah, because like, you're taking guys that are ten years past their prime and, and yeah. kind of embarrassing them. It, it's not wasn't good for anyone. Mm -hmm. That whole stable. Uh, the last good thing Barry Windham did uh, in terms of a wrestling capacity was in the uh, West Texas Rednecks in WCW. That was fun. It was fun. And the West Texas Rednecks standing in there is going to be Barry and Kendall Windham. So with that said, Quinn, Barry Windham, again, we're not trying to besmirch his wrestling ability at all. He's a great wrestler. He really, really we're was. We're not besmirching that. We're just saying in New York, horrible. Now, it didn't like, work. nothing was good about it. It didn't work in 89, like you said, because there were just so many standout stars. The timing was just really was bad. bad timing, yes. Like, really, really bad. He might have been useful in like 93 or 4. When they needed people. Yes, that would be that would be the time to cash in, right? 95 even. 93 would have been perfect, actually, because literally there's nobody they, around. They needed some good hands there. 96 with a stalker thing. Again, they gave up immediately, so... The funny thing is, 96, he's exactly not on time because Stone yeah. Cold comes in. Like, and you know Bret I mean? Hart's I'm, coming back. Bret Hart's coming like. The, Brian again, Pillman. The worst time possible. Yeah. Like all these people, they're finally getting some fresh blood. Like, right. you, like you said, Pillman, Stone Cold. Yeah, the like, Rock is debuting. Rock, yeah, yada, yada, yada. And they're they're in like re full rebuild mode. And here comes this old fucking man. Yeah. Like, right? Who's not even old, but he looks old. That's the thing. He just seemed out of place in the WWF. 
And I think that's the reason he didn't work. And I think we we hit it. Maybe if there were ever a time where it really would have worked for Barry Windham's single star on, on a good level is probably the dark era of like 93 to 95. Early 93, I could totally see Bonnie being Mr. Windham. Yeah. Like, you know, like that shit. Mr. Like, Widowmaker. Mr. <laughs> yeah, whatever. So Barry Windham, great wrestler, very successful, held, held a ton of titles. You can look up. It's a laundry list as far as Florida, Jim Crockett, WCW, a lot of different things. He was great. He had that great match against Ric Flair in 86, like the match mm-hmm. of the year considered by a lot of people. Was a four horseman in a good version of it. Great credentials. Great wrestler. WWF, though, I just don't think it was ever meant to work. Right. And uh, that's really why he was anywhere but New York, Quinn. Mm-hmm. Folks, let us know what you think about Barry Windham. How could it have worked, either in 89 or in the 90s? How could it have worked for him on a good level in the WWF, or maybe it just couldn't work? And let us know if you have any suggestions for anywhere but New York. We're looking for him. You can do that on Twitter. You can shoot us an email, or you can join the group of Quinn when we come back. It's the first flush of the season. That means we pull out the first two names from the tank. We're going to see where they rank. It is the royal flush of WWF pay-per-views. That'll be coming up right after this. When I was a young man in Sweetwater, Texas, just one thing stayed on my mind. Now, Steve comes out here talking about how I have always dwelled and someone else's shadow. It's true, my father taught me a lot. It's true, Dusty Rhodes taught me a lot. But I got where I am today on my own. I have come into my own. Let me tell you something, Sting. I've got more time taping up in the dressing room than you have ring time. So let me tell you what. When you get ready for any match with me, you had better make sure you got your boots laced extra tight and you're taped up extra good because I'm gonna bring you the match that you never expected of me because you simply don't have the experience to judge anybody. What I'm going to do is bring a match to you and prove to you why I am the United States Heavyweight Champion and will be for as long as I care to be. Sting, you tried it with the World Heavyweight Champion. You came up short. The United States Heavyweight Championship is something that you will not take. I am the best at what I do. I am the master ring technician, and when it comes to brawling, I can do it better than anybody else. So you keep that in mind, and you lay in bed at night, stare at the ceiling, and think about that while you're howling at yourself and beating on your chest. Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? (laughs) Yeah, me neither. You're listening to Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here. It's episode 242, Monday, October the 11th, 2021. Hope you're doing all right out there. Hi, Michael. Hi. So we uh, we were talking about Barry Windham. Mm-hmm. We just got done hunting right. in his honor, obviously. And the other thing we want to talk about, folks, is you can hunt down more OVP content at Patreon, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Like we said, it's a small donation that the highest tier that we go is $5 a month. We're not trying to make you spend a lot of money. Spend a lot of money. Mm -hmm. We just want to make it easy for you guys to support us and get a lot of extra stuff in return. We have two tiers. $2 a month gets you the 1984 Canon. This is where we're going through every episode of Championship Wrestling in order, starting in January of 82. We're well into 1984 now. And this is a fun time. It's an hour show. It comes out every Friday, video form or audio only. And Quinn, it's basically just you and I hanging out watching wrestling. Yeah, we're just watching it. It's doing the thing. 
doing the stuff we do. And people have really started to take a liking to it, especially once we hit 84, I feel like. Yeah, even though I think 83 is a real treat. It's been fun. So you can catch all of them there, $2 a month, and it'll get you every single episode of that that we've ever done. And then the highest tier we offer is $5 a month. It'll get you the 1984 canon that we mentioned. And it'll also get you a review of every WWF pay-per-view in order. Wow. Starting with the first WrestleMania, uh, like we mentioned earlier, out right now is Royal Rumble 94. And coming out for November will be WrestleMania 10. These are full-length pay-per-view reviews, somewhere in the neighborhood of three hours or so, usually. Yep, about that time. We go through everything in detail. They come out once a month, usually towards the beginning of the month. Give it a shot. I would say give it a shot for the rest of October and see what you think. If you're at all interested, just try it right now. I'll even wait for you. Okay. Thank you very much. So give it a shot, really. And if you're not interested in donating, we understand that. We didn't expect everyone to, and we're not trying to take your money from you. But if you want to support us and you want more stuff, just head on over to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. All right, Michael. Mm-hmm. The first Royal Flush of the season. Here we go, baby. Much anticipated. Time to... Uh see the crap that time to see the crap and this is the worst pay-per-views wwf pay-per-views but i guess we should explain in case we have any first timers here mm-hmm. what is the royal rankings and royal flush well before every season starts we ask you the fans to give us a list of your top 10 of something and your bottom 10 of something for this season it was wwf pay-per-views and then what happens is we take all of your votes and we compile them into two separate tanks one for the best one for the worst. We tally those all up and we rank them. We pull out two names at a time. By the end of the season, what you are going to have is the definitive certified organic baptized ordained non-GMO USDA certified organic and healthy best and worst WWF pay-per-views of all time. We started with the best last week. Mm-hmm. This week, we start the worst. Uh, Quinn, before we get into that, let's just talk about WWF pay-per-views for a second. Yeah. The whole idea here is that this is what their weekly television builds to, yeah, right? for the whole month. Or for the whatever, whole month. Whatever it may be. Sometimes it's like a three, quarter. four months. Yeah. yeah. But it's what they want to get to to get people to buy this event. Because you have to pay. You have to, to pay. Per, per that view. Per your view, you have to pay. Yeah. And depending on the time period, sometimes that was 25 bucks or 30 bucks, 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. But you're Later paying. on, like 60. Yeah. <laughs> But you're paying for that view. Yeah. So when you watch this event, you want it naturally to be uh, good. Yeah, I mean, I I hope so. You're making me pay $60 (laughs) in some cases. Why should we pay $9.99 plus a six-month bonus for Screwjob after Screwjob after Screwjob? But back in the pay-per-view era, right, when that was their big bread and butter, People looked forward to these, you know, especially when they weren't every month, especially when they were maybe four times a year or five times a year. Mm-hmm. And you had your biggies like WrestleMania and there'd be a hot feud going on, a hot angle. You wanted to see the main event. You wanted to see who was going to win. You might get a classic match out of it. Well, we're not talking about any of those. We're this talking week. about the real horrible, crappy ones. <laughs> yes. These are the ones that disappoint. Yeah. These are the ones that do not deliver. These are the ones that might make you feel like you wasted your money. These are the worst WWF pay-per-views of all time. Quinn, with that said, why don't we get down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Flush. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal. The loser of this match, kissing the other one's foot. Nassau Coliseum, April 86. Rosemont Horizon in Chicago, Illinois, it's the WWF Wrestling Classic. Welcome to WrestleMania 4! 
Sunday, April 4th, from Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. And now, WrestleMania 11. It's the Royal Flush. Everything was bad on that. Like, <laughs> holy crap. And that's uh, just a little preview, I guess, yeah. of what's to come. Yee. Hey, yee, we got a bunch of names. In the okay, we please stop. Hey, the, can we? We don't need it's that. It's just beginning, you know? We like, don't need it, to go. Okay. I can understand in the later weeks when the toilets are a little clogged yeah. up. But, but we're, this we, week, really? We're only pulling out two names right now. Mm -hmm. So, Quinn, we've talked about what a bad pay-per-view is. It doesn't deliver. Yeah, it's it, horrible. It sometimes doesn't have anything good on it. No. This does happen sometimes. I don't want to watch it right. ever again. The main event might really be shitty, mm -hmm. you know, flushy, if you will. Might not even be like a real main event. Yeah, this happens. You know what I mean? This happens, <laughs> it's like, folks. why is this the main event? So with that said, we have 10 names in the tank. We're pulling out the first two today. Why don't we go down to the fans and find out which WWF pay-per-view drew number one. WrestleMania 9, have a good time. <sighs> WrestleMania 9? WrestleMania 9. I kind of, oh, well, I get you, why. You I always get, defend this, I but do. we recently reviewed it, and even you were like, it's not really that good. It's not that good, yeah. No. Uh, WrestleMania 9, folks, is generally accepted by a lot of people these days to be one of the worst WrestleManias. In the top two, definitely. <laughs> yeah, no. unfortunately. I've always kind of liked it, but I also completely understand why it would get voted on anyone's list. It's not like it would be on my best of list or anything. Yeah. Uh, but WrestleMania 9, Caesars Palace, April 4th, 1993, Caesars Parking Lot, yeah. so, as you like so, to say. So let's just speak about that the first. To me, the, the parking lot outdoors aspect. Not, no, but this... It's not really in this, the parking lot. This is the primary cause of the rose-colored glasses syndrome ah, with this. Ah, it's, it's always, it looks unique. It so does, it's, though. It's, it's a good pay-per-view. It and looks it's like, nice. It looks interesting. It's very nice. It doesn't make it good. I look know. at it, Look at what is on this. I know. I have to be objective yeah. here because we are, this is scientifically ranked, Quinn, right? Yeah. That yeah. hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. It's still science, not math. Mm -hmm. Science. With that said, let's talk about the two main events because there are two in this case. Number one, the WWF Championship match. Right. Bret Hart had won the title in Saskatoon. Which is a two-parter in the end. It is. <laughs> uh, but the, the advertised world title match, Bret Hart, you know, the fighting champion. You know, I'll take on anybody. I'll take on Papa Shango. I'll take on Virgil if I have to. You know, I'll take on Skinner a million times. I'll take on the Mountie. And Bret Hart had been the fighting champion, defeated the Razor Man at right. Royal Rumble 93. Coliseum video heavyweight champion. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Yokozuna had won the Royal Rumble because Randy Savage tried to pin him because that's stupid. Big balls don't count! And Yokozuna was going to be on his way to take on Bret Hart at WrestleMania 9. The whole draw, quote-unquote, I guess I use that term uh, kind of loosely, is that Yokozuna has not been beaten. Mm -hmm. Bret Hart has taken on all comers. He's a, a master technician. He's the excellence of execution. Can he defeat Yokozuna? Not to mention what? the other draw of this show, the succulent uh, meats or oh, foods yeah. or whatever. <laughs> you can feast on succulent foods, <laughs> yeah. according to Caesar. Where you will feast on succulent food. So Bret Hart taking on Yokozuna in what I will concede, Quinn, even as a massive Bret Hart fan, probably... One of the worst WrestleMania main events to date. It's a huge on paper. Mainly because the ending, too, where, like, Fuji's, like, not there on time. and Yeah. yeah it, it's just, it's disappointing, right? Brett got a pretty good match out of him, honestly, but it's still, even on paper, it, it doesn't, this, it doesn't have the same <sighs> oomph yeah, that you know some what? of these other the ones did. The more we keep looking back at this match, the more the other aspect to this is, like, 
they seem to cl- both clearly be aware and somewhat disappointed that Hulk's going to have to come in and win. And you could tell, like, the match is kind of weirdly stunted. I don't know how yeah. else to explain. Like, they're like, we got to make it seem like it's okay. And then we, you know, some shit happens at the end. And yeah. then Hulk, like, you can, like, looking back at it, it's like they know the script and they they both look annoyed about it. Maybe, you know what I mean? Because like, they both know neither man is walking out with the title. Yeah, but yet they're the main eventers, allegedly. There you go. Yeah. So we'll get to that shortly. But the other advertised main event, the other big hook here, and rightfully so, it really was, was the return of Hulk Hogan, who had been off WWE of programming in a wrestling capacity since the prior WrestleMania. WrestleMania and this 8. show really um, seems to want you to know that Hulk Hogan coming back, that is the pr- most primary important thing. And you know what? Uh, everything the- else on this show is shit. <laughs> Hulk Hogan is good, and Brutus Beefcake, and Jimmy Hart. And, and Brutus Beefcake, yeah. yeah. So the Mega Maniacs teaming up here, Hogan and Beefcake, to avenge Beefcake's face being busted by Money, Inc. They'll be challenging for the tag titles, and that match is a whole bunch of crap. So why don't we get into the card from start to finish now? Sure. So first of all, the announcers, we have Jim Ross, ha, making his debut. Ha, I'm in a toga now. I, <laughs> I came to w, from WCW for this. He didn't mind it, though, to be fair. Yeah, he didn't I know, mind. but it's just... It, it, it's a cherry on top of the the Jr. complaining Sunday. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, cause the, the you know how like looking back, he's always like daughter after mistreating me, blah blah blah. Yeah, but and he then, liked this. He this, didn't. He mind was this. okay with this. But the funny part is, based off how Jr. always explains it, yeah. Other people just take this. They're like, look, see, he is yeah. right. You but know, everyone else is also wearing a toga. I know. It's not like it's just him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know. No, I understand. Gorilla it's not, Monsoon is. It's not that. It's it's the more to me is the funny aspect of it is that it, his first feeds, thing. it feeds yeah. into it just ironically retrospectively. retrospectively whatever word you want to use yeah but. i understand but anyway jr making his debut here and we talked about this he actually does a great job at this event with yeah savage he's fine and at Gorilla. this show it's, I mean, it's uh, the it's the next one he's not the next one he's not but uh savage and bobby and uh, jr are a great team here so anyway in the dark match which doesn't count but we like to mention it Tito Santana, El Matador here, actually got a win for once at WrestleMania over Papa Shango. Great victory for Tito Santana, making his ninth consecutive appearance at WrestleMania. Shango took a big chance. And then the opener, Quinn, Tatanka took on Shawn Michaels mm-hmm. in an actually pretty good match. Right. Don't you think so? It's, it's not bad at You've all. You've complimented Tatanka in this one, even. Yeah, I've, I'm, I used to think this match was bad, but I'm like, mm. It's actually... It's like... Pretty good. High two or three or it, Star it, it, wise, the yeah. three is like the the line. The cap. Uh, yeah, yeah, it can't be over three. Well, I think the main reason there is the finish because it's a count out. Because remember, Michaels pulls Morella out of the ring after he got counted out. It's a yeah, whole schmoz. Par but, for the course on this show. Par but, for the course. But you know what? Not a bad opener. Luna makes her debut. Then she beats up Sherry, which is kind of fun. That was fun. It yeah. is fun. So overall, not bad. And the next match isn't bad. The Steiners take on the Head Shrinkers. Mm-hmm. That's a hard-hitting slobber Again, knocker. good match. It um, is. But then... This is why this is not the worst WrestleMania. The, the thing is, is the the show kind of drags after this, right? And actually, I think it drags after the Doink versus Crush match, which is next. Well, everyone always shits on this, but I'm going to be completely honest with you. Mm-hmm. Heel Doink, we love Heel Doink. Right. Right? He has this great illusion here. Yeah. Where it seems like there's two of him at I've the end. I've never seen anything like it, no, Joe. No, me neither. It, it looked real. It looked so real. Well, he could be Copperfield. Right. We don't know, right? And Crush, as you guys know, we love Crush around here. Listen, I I like the idea of Crush, but he always winds up looking like an idiot as yes, a face. and he looks like an extra big idiot when <laughs> double doinks come out. Yes. And don't worry, the double doinks come later on on other pay-per-views, yeah. but this is the debut of double doinks. But anyway, to me, you know what's interesting? On Wikipedia.web or whatever, what? um, 
there's like a hard, you know, the line between doink and crush is thicker. Have you seen, you see that? <laughs> um, that, that to me is the, the point of no return on this pay-per-view. Everything <laughs> after this is pure shit. Well, okay. Let's be fair. Okay, Come on. All right, calm. So Razor Ramon, who at this point, folks, just a brief refresher on Razor Ramon heel for us. When he debuts in the summer of 92 and throughout the fall, he is doofy as a heel. Oh, horrible. He's doing the more like comedic. Whoa. Whoa. Heel selling. Stomp on his foot. And yeah, it's so bad. But at this event is the first noticeable pay-per-view improvement of Razor Ramon. Well, funny enough. (laughs) He's fighting Bob Backlund. (laughs) So he's fighting Bob Backlund. Making his WrestleMania debut. And to be honest, I want to say this. The crowd is the two, two reactions here. The crowd is like, Ooh. Second reaction, I want to see Razor kick his ass because this looks like a dork. Like, There's an actual Razor chant. You know yeah. how they do that when he's a face? Yeah. They do it here as if yeah. he's already a face. Bob Backlund in 1993 is a very hard sell for the audience. It's much like Barry Windham coming to the WWF yeah. in the 90s. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, Bob Backlund is a great wrestler. But he yeah. looks old. No, but it's even worse now because nobody even remembers he's right. a great. They don't. They're like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, like, I know. It's, it's true. It's been almost ten years since he's been there. Yeah, uh, and Razor quietly hands Bob Backlund his first WWF televised pinfall loss at WrestleMania Nine in three minutes with a small package. No one even. No one even says that. that no one says it because <laughs> no one knows a who he is and b that he he had some kind of winning streak of right. any kind. Nobody knows any of this. Nobody does. They're just like, who is this old <laughs> pasty looking guy? Right. And ugh, it's just he looks bad. Well, you make a good point there, Quinn. Because one thing to remember here, we're at uh, Caesar's Palace, right? Which, if you haven't heard, is uh, there's a casino there. Yeah. And if you don't know anything about casinos, uh, people gamble at them. They right? do. And a lot of times, what happens is when the WWF would co-promote with a casino such as Trump Plaza, or in this case, Caesar's Palace, there's something called the Casino Buy, I think it is, where the casino pays for a large chunk, not all of, but a large chunk of seats, and then comps them to people that are staying there. Mm -hmm. The result of that is a lot of people that don't know what wrestling really is, or, or let me put it this way. They might know what it is because it had been on NBC a few years ago. Yeah. Hulk Hogan was a household name. Right. You know, there's toys. We know Hulk. Right. We know Macho Man. We know Ultimate Warrior, maybe, right? But don't worry. Macho Man won't be wrestling at this, we assure no. you. And Warrior's somewhere in Arizona. Yeah. yeah. Or whatever the hell he was doing in 93, right? So, they don't have that much of a vested interest. No. They haven't been watching the week-to-week product. They're just there to have a good time, have a vacation, have a, a toot and a snort, whatever you want to call it, right? Mm-hmm. And have fun. And then they happen to be able to get free tickets to this thing. Right. So, yeah, they might not know who Razor Ramon is and Bob Backlund, and they're like, oh, the other guy's cooler. I'm going to cheer him. Right. With that said, the next match is uh, Money, Inc. <sighs> defending the tag titles against the Mega Maniacs. Mm-hmm. Hogan's big return. Hogan's big black eye. Yeah. <laughs> also. Remember a boat fell into his eye or Macho Man punched him or nobody really knows. Savage threw the boat at him. We that's, don't... that's always been my assumption is Savage picked up a boat and yeah. threw it at Hulk Hogan. Right. Details are sketchy, but that's what yeah. we think. <laughs> anyway, Money Inc. has had a stronghold on the tag scene for over a year at this point. And even though they are the greatest tag team champions of all time, obviously, Quinn, enough already yeah. with them and <laughs> enough with all of it. So really, the freshest thing here is Hulk Hogan. 
Which is sad to say. Yeah, but it isn't also because Hulk Hogan is a big jerk during this whole thing. This is the epitome of Hulk Hogan <laughs> acting like a heel yeah. while wrestling heels. So everyone's a heel yeah. in this. You know what I'm saying? It's a heel versus heel match. Jimmy Hart's with them. He's being a big jerk. Yeah. Uh, and the the finish here, you guys might know it, is Money, Inc. has a briefcase, right? The Mega Maniacs steal the briefcase steal the mask or they use the beefcake's mask on money ink now this is the thing where the briefcase has a brick in it right yes uh, there we go oh, he's using he's the titania thing fire with fire so the mega maniacs cheat they legitimately on camera in front of everyone they cheat and they knock out the heels right mm -hmm. with foreign objects the referee is out. Jimmy Hart decides, I'm the referee, baby, and turns his jacket inside out. It has pinstripes, which is not what the referees even wear. Hate it. <laughs> Horrible. And he counts a pin. Danny Davis comes out. And he's like, no, you can't do that. They throw him out of the ring. Right. Jimmy Hart does. Money Inc. wins by DQ. And the Mega Maniacs act like they've done nothing wrong. All the giving the money away. Right. I can't stand that. Despite being the people that cheated yeah. and used foreign objects to begin with. So... Listen. But don't worry, none of this matters because Hulk's <laughs> got more important things to do. So we get a lot of Hogan posing. We get some Natalie Cole saying it was great or whatever. Yeah. We get the guy talking about the Poconos. <laughs> the Poconos, man. And That's a highlight of the show. Like, the Poconos. And Hulk Hogan and Beefcake do not win the tag titles. Right. Next, we move on to Mr. Perfect's annual sucky WrestleMania match. Yeah, so this match stinks. However, the, at the very end, they go to the back and like Shawn Michaels is like, Lex Luger's like, I, did you see it? I won or whatever. He's like, yeah. and Shawn Michaels is like, good for you, man. And yeah. then Mr. Perfect just like walks up to them and like, fuck you. And he like starts punching Lex Luger and Shawn's like, hey, that's my friend, man. And then like Shawn Michaels like, get off of him. And then Mr. Perfect starts, it's true. There's a broom. <laughs> the funniest part to me is Mr. Perfect looks like the asshole, but he's supposed to be the face because they're just like casually talking. They're just chatting. They're chatting and like Shawn Michaels only draws fists when like when Lex perfect attacks Luger right exactly he's just defending his friend <laughs> yeah, he's like but the you know the problem with this match is Quinn besides the fact that it's again Mr. Perfect is bad at Wrestlemania yep he really is like the anti-macho man or anti-Shawn Michaels he's, he's bad at everything but Bret Hart matches <laughs> on pay-per-view yeah. yes the problem here is, you know, this feud had been building. This is an outgrowth of the Ric Flair feud, right? Mm -hmm. Where Bobby Heenan unveils Narcissus, yes, Narcissus at Royal Rumble. And Luger's like, I'm better than Mr. Perfect. I'm beyond perfection. Whatever, right? Mm -hmm. This is uh, this feud is supposed to matter, but it doesn't really. Nobody cares. And the match isn't good. And Mr. Perfect loses. <laughs> and, and then... It's like a big loser. Yeah, and Luger knocks him out, and then the whole thing that Quinn mentioned happens. So now he gets in a fight with Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Then, then he has to fight him. Next and have baby. a shitty pay-per-view match yeah. against him. Gotta drag him down. All because Shawn was just talking to his friend. Right. In between, though, Perfect has a great match against Bret Hart on pay-per-view, so there you go. <laughs> it's just, it always cracks me up how Shawn Michaels really had nothing to do with this other than just happened to be there yeah. and was, like, trying to, like, stop this jerk from, like, beating up his friend. Hey, heels are allowed to defend each other. Yeah, they're I, allowed to. To me, it's like they're not the heels. They weren't doing anything wrong. Yeah. But anyway, the next match here is The Undertaker taking on his latest opponent, Giant Gonzalez, another in angle. A, in a total shit fest. Yeah, this is done with the chloroform rag yep. one. And this is the one that started also with the Royal Rumble, mm -hmm. an outgrowth of Harvey Whippleman's feud because of Kamala. So a lot of... A lot of remnants of 92 feuds here. Mm -hmm. This one is dopey and it ends in like three minutes, no, seven minutes, excuse me, with a, with a rag. Chloroform rag and it's the Undertaker is like, oh, I'm going to get you. And he like, how does it not work? Yeah, yeah. It's like, anyway, <laughs> and moving there's a bird. on, there's a bird when he comes in. It's a whole thing. It's WrestleMania, baby. 
And then we have the Yokozuna Bret Hart match, which we said is it's pretty good. It it's really is tolerable. But then, like, they botched the ending. Well, apparently, Bret says, you know, Yoko went home early. That fat fuck, or whatever yeah. he says about him, right? And uh, so Fuji is totally caught off guard once right. Brett has Yoko in the sharpshooter, right? Went home early, and then yes. Fuji's like, well, why? Well, then, I know. Yeah. And you can see, like, Brett has to stare at Fuji yeah. getting the salt out of his kimono or whatever, unwrapping the packet of baby yeah. powder, and throwing it. The whole time, Brett's just looking at him like a dummy, <laughs> right? Stupid. It's just poor. So then, <laughs> Hulk Hogan storms out in the red attire, by the right, way. Yeah. I don't know why, but that always stuck out to me. And he's like, no, brother, you can't do this. You can't, it can't happen Not this, this way. way. Not this way, brother. And because Mr. Fuji makes a rare tactical error, mm-hmm. he challenges Hulk Hogan to fight as Yokozuma. Yeah. He says, yeah, come on, you yellow belly, come on. So Hogan's like, should I do it? And Brett's like, yeah, go. I don't fucking care. Yeah. This sucks anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My eye hurts. Get the fuck out of here. You might as well win it, Terry. <laughs> fuck you. I don't care. I'm not the champion. So anyway. basically, Hulk Hogan walks in, and you know, yeah, you, you, like you knew before he walked in the ring what's going to happen. Of course, Quinn. boot, leg drop. Yep. I'm the champ. Jr. yells, yeah, like Hulk Hogan, Yokozuna, Yokozuna, Hogan, Yeah. I hate that JR voice, it's by all the way. Bad. It's, and, and this just, everyone's just like, did I really just watch this? And you're like, good. Ri-. It's like yes. 1993 Titan Sports, show the fuck away. Like, 1993, emphasis on yeah. that. Now, to be fair, our dearly departed Josh Kuhn, and I'm going to tip my cap to him, mm-hmm. he would always say it sent the fans home happy. Yes, it did. You know what else would have? <laughs> Bret Hart just winning. Yeah. <laughs> that would have also sent the fan yes, home happy, yes. but this I understand always, that. This is with Josh. This was always a, like a funny point of contention. He didn't mind. No, he, this is like, this was, he would always like defend this. So it was like one of those jokes that was yes. on the group, like a constant thing, kind of like Chuck Mess and Sting. Yeah, oh, exactly. It was like the same kind of thing. And then uh, Mark Rourke, the number two Hulkamaniac, started getting in on it also. Yeah, so exactly. we can direct all of our shit towards Mark Rourke yeah. now. <laughs> it isn't bad in in the sense that yes the fans were home happy my problem with the quinn and we've said this plenty of times has always been that it led to hulk hogan never defending the title yeah so yeah you want to send the fans home happy big surprise i totally get that i, I really do the problem is he was not really a champion in this case it wasn't right. like the hogan reigns of your your where he defended the belt on the house show loop and all that stuff the only times he did wrestle on the house show loop, he was going for the tag title still. Right. With Beefcake. Wild champion. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make sense to... It doesn't make any sense, Michael. I just... So I, I don't like it. I could never see this again, and I would be happy. Yeah. It's not even because Brett lost. Whatever. I don't care. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense from a long-term booking. In terms of a hot shot, yeah, great. He won. Anyway... It's not It's not good. Yeah. The whole show as a whole is very disappointing. All because it's like after the third match or whatever, it's just, what the fuck is this show? Yeah. There's a couple of good wrestling matches on it, sure. Mm-hmm. But it's just very discabobulated. Mm-hmm. So with that said, want to find out who drew number two? Let's go to number two here. Can't be worse. You shouldn't have said it yeah. can't be worse. What the, what the hell were you thinking? <laughs> Maybe it can You're be. inviting it to be worse. King of the Ring 95. Mm. Good gravy here. This is a show <laughs> so bad that I did see, but every you, time I think about it, I didn't. Yeah, like, you think you didn't. You yeah. Block I, it out. I, yes. 
And there's one reason because I, I, I there's one reason I know I saw it because of a certain match on this card, which we'll get to. So King of the Ring '95 is maybe even more infamous than WrestleMania Nine, maybe even more poorly regarded than WrestleMania Nine. And this is at the Spectrum, June 25th, '95. Don't you just love it? Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> so this is not a good era for the WWF mm-hmm. as a whole. '95, it, mm. it makes '93 look pretty good. Tame it, it, by it, comparison. It really does. Now, there's a couple of big draws here because obviously with the King of the Ring, the tournament mm-hmm. is one of the big things and. Let's be fair. This is while the tournament still mattered because 93, Bret Hart, great showing. Three good matches, wins the King of the Ring. 94, Owen Hart, great showing. Three good matches, wins, right? Art Donovan notwithstanding. Yes. So the King of the Ring has some prestige here, you know? Sort of. No, it does because it hasn't been sullied at all yet, you know? And Owen was still running with the King gimmick forever. That's fair enough. So it really, it still mattered. (laughs) Until this. (laughs) Well, yeah. And there's some good names in the tournament, right? The Undertaker. Mm Mm-hmm. Sean Michaels, Yokozuna, Razor Ramon, another big one. With yeah. that said, we get to the King of the Ring, and Razor Ramon is injured. So I want you to bear that in mind before we get into this. <sighs> so already we're taking one out of here that's, that people care about. Razor will not be in this. But before we get to the tournament, the non-tournament draw here, and I really use this term loosely this time around, <laughs> is world champion Diesel. Teaming up with Bam Bam Bigelow, Firecoat. Firecoat. He's been kicked out of the Million Dollar Corporation. Good for him. Yeah, that's, a good, that's <laughs> yeah, an upgrade. That's an upgrade right there. He'll- <laughs> and he'll be fighting uh, Ted DiBiase's team of Sid and Tatanka. <sighs> Tatanka? In the main event? Are they kidding? And Sid, by the way, he's always good in WWF. Except this, this run. is literally the only time he's bad. Yep. Simply because Million Dollar Corporation yeah. just infects everything. They're a vacuum of heat, man. They drive. I can't everything. believe like how bad they are. Like you look back and you're like, this is the worst faction ever it in the really WWE. Like it's like it's horrible. <laughs> it really is, though. It's a yeah. terrible faction. I can't believe we're in the summer of '95. What was it? Last week we reviewed the July '94 Raw. They're around <laughs> then. It's so bad. Ugh. So anyway. I guess we're pretending like this is 1988 where you can throw your champion in the tag attraction and it's all okay. You know, like they used to do the the Hogan tag attractions, right? This was at supposed SummerSlam. to be leak over from WrestleMania. That was yeah. really what they were going for here. But it's, yeah, it's a leak, all right, Quinn. Shut up. And then there's one other match that's high on the card. Bret Hart has resumed his feud with Jerry Lawler recently in the last few months. Bret Hart actually lost to, Haku, lost to Jerry Lawler at In Your House due to Hakushi and all this. Anyway, it turns out that they're going to have a kiss my foot match. Okay. Which is very much a, I don't know that like, um, I don't know if it happened, but it sounds like a Jackie Fargo. So sixties Memphis thing. I want to say this. This is the reason I'm pretty sure we ordered this pay-per-view <laughs> kiss my foot. Wait, are you serious? Yes, because I was very invested. I thought this, like, I was like, wow, like somebody's going to have to get, like the whole thing that I'm going to say this is King did a very, very good job yes, he making did. this matter. Well, I mean, I, he would I, soak his foot in dirt and manure and stuff. And I mean, the vignettes were priceless. Oh, sure, I got my boots on now. That's because I'm letting those corns and bunions and calluses fester. So they're, they're like top-tier king being an asshole. Like, they're 
Fantastic. And his mullet is really annoying oh, yeah. in 95. <laughs> Literally, King has positioned himself as like the most annoying human being on the face of the planet. That like, mullet is, yeah. it's just like. It's the wor- It's like rat tail. Yeah, it's like he combined horrible. 90s rat tail with a mullet and it, then said, hi, I'm an asshole. You know what I mean? And, and King did a great job of just being so fucking annoying that I wanted to see Bret Hart kick the shit out of him. Because here's the thing, as a fan, yep. here's the, here's how they, they I know Jerry Lawler's supposed to be like a big legend, but in, <laughs> to WWE have younger fans, they didn't really say that. They just acted like he was just some annoying dick. Oh yeah, he's just a pest in he, WWE. He, he, he was never a good wrestler. He's the it's announcer. Like, if he had to fight Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Ray's remote oh, diesel. He, he would just be, get fucked up, yes, right? It's absolutely. Like, so this this concept that Brett would have him to himself, yeah. with the added stipulation of like, if he loses, he's got to kiss Brett's feet. Yeah. was just hilarious. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And it was. It felt like it was going to be the end of the line to this story too. Like it was like there's going to be a huge comeuppance for being just a total dick. So those are your main draws here, right? The tournament itself, which has again some good wrestlers in it, as they always do. The shitty tag main event and uh, Bret Hart taking on the king. But before the show, we're informed Razor Ramon is injured. So we need to, on the dark match, on the uh, which is actually in the pre-show. We got to redo yeah. the qualifying match here, right? Yes. So we have to find out who's going to replace the Razor Man. And in that, Savio Vega, newcomer, had just come in from, right. uh, from Quang. Yeah, from Quangville. From, from being Quang. Yeah, yeah. from Quangville. He defeats, <laughs> I cannot believe this gentleman is still there. <laughs> IRS. Well, good thing that he defeats him. He Here's does. the thing. Is this Savio fella, right? Yes. The minute he beat the, he just beats IRS easily. I remember yes. thinking, wow, this guy's pretty good. And he he's got good. like the happy music. And the, the way <laughs> they, music's great. The way they positioned him. They were like, he's Razor Ramon's friend. Razor Ramon approves of him or whatever, right? <laughs> yes. He's okay with him taking his spot. Yep. So, like, this felt okay, right? Everyone's like, well, if Razor says he's good. He's yeah. got to be good, right? This is Razor's one of his best friends. And he is a good wrestler. Yeah. Like, Savio is good. I, I have no problem yeah. with Savio Vega, right? He's like, yo, man, my friend Savio <laughs> Vega, he's, he's going to take my it, spot. Man. He's going to win the whole thing. He's so good. <laughs> I, like, uh, Razor convinced me. It's right? great. Yeah. So then we get into the opener proper. Uh, by the way, I just want to mention for the record here, the commentary team is Vince and Doc because the King's wrestling. So the King is prepping for his foot God, match. Doc. So it's Doc who's wrestling. Well, re- hell, I'm here to annoy you for three hours. And this is early Doc Quinn. So he's like more heelish <laughs> oh, and more obnoxious. Oh, horrible. Well, I'm telling you, you've got it where you need to be. You got your face in the place. Uh, we have Savio Vega taking on Yokozuna and he wins by count out. Come now, on. Now, <laughs> Yo, this is okay. Even though Savio, I'm okay with. The thing is, it's like Yokozuna again, top like former world champion. This is this whole whole night in a nutshell in the first fucking match. This concept of like these people who are reputable just losing somehow. Isn't he also that he's the current tag champion too? Yes, like it's stupid. So Savio advances. And then the roadie, <laughs> who was making like a rare wrestling appearance Which for the time. I, I'm not going to lie. As a kid, I was like, this is interesting. Well, he was better than Jeff Jarrett. Yes, that's the other thing. <laughs> I was like, I could tell immediately, as even as a kid, I'm like, oh, that guy's better than Jeff Jarrett. He, he, he was. Yeah. And he defeats, and this is again a sign of the times, Bob Sparkplug <sighs> Holly. Sparky plug. You yes. make it onto the main show. <sighs> okay. Anyway, well, here's, here's where we get... Very hairy, okay. right? Because remember what year it is. It's 1995. Right. Shawn Michaels is like, they are hyping 
the shit out of him. He is like gonna be the champion. He's yep. just he just hasn't won it yet. He hasn't even won the IC yet. Yeah. So Shawn Michaels, who had recently returned uh, as a face, remember Sid powerbombed the fuck out of him in April, mm-hmm. and everyone cheered. But anyway, they made him a face, and uh, so he comes back in May. Mm-hmm. qualifies for the King of the Ring. I believe he beat King Kong Bundy off the top of my head. Right. And I even really liked early face Sean because he wasn't as obnoxious as yes. he would become in 96. He was 96. just like a very skilled wrestler. And he who, was cool. Like, people liked him because yes. he was good. Yes. Right? That was his main draw. Right. And the thing was, this felt, this tournament felt like, okay, the, and I'm not kidding, as a kid, and this was me not knowing the brackets. I mean, this was my first King of the Ring, right? Yep, yep. So I'm just say, saying, I said, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, they're in this, right? So obviously, Shawn Michaels is going to face the Undertaker in the, in the finals. finals, and it's going to be fucking awesome, right? right. And, and <laughs> instead, tell us what happens. So Kama, once again, represented by Ted DiBiase's Million Dollar Corporation. And by the way, Kama is very lose-in-the-first-round kind of character he in is, the King of the Ring. What are we protecting him for? Yeah, I don't but, know. But we, we go to a time limit draw. So Horrible. Sean and Kama both eliminated. Horrible. Extremely. Then immediately, I was like, this <laughs> sucks. Fuck this show. Fired. Oh, no. The result oh. of the match is a double draw. A double. Therefore, both competitors have been eliminated from further competition in the King of the Ring tournament. And then in the final first round match here, Mabel also recently turned, this time heel, right? Men on the Mission have recently turned heel right, right before WrestleMania. Uh, they turned on Oscar, which is fine with me because Oscar's so, annoying. So again here, no one gives a shit about Mabel. It's just Mabel, It's just right? Mabel. It's Undertaker. Like, okay, like Sean's out. Well, at least the Undertaker, right? right. Like he's going to obviously just kick his ass in a minute. And you it, know, one, uh, rest, in, rest in ass. And, and then like that's going to be the end of it, right? And, and, you know, to be fair, Quinn, the year before... Singles wrestler Mabel was pinned by IRS yep. in the first round. Yep. So, of course, under Undertaker? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, we got, this is a mismatch, I of thought. Of course. Uh, no, Mabel pins the Undertaker. Come on! One, two, and he got it! He got it! I can't believe this. Mabel, thanks to Kama, has pinned the Undertaker. Oh, this show! And now the whole tournament to me is like lost. It's, it's fucked. like it's it's fucked because of the draw of Kama and Shawn Michaels. Mabel actually gets a bye to the finals, <laughs> but Savio Vega has to take on the roadie. Now by this point, right? I'm like, you know what? Razor Ramon said Savio Vega is okay. Let's just have Savio Vega win. Well, we can salvage this right, and maybe right. they can celebrate together. I don't know. Well, because at this point you realize that your final is going to either be Mabel taking on Savio Vega or Mabel taking on the roadie for the king of the ring. It's getting grim. And Philly is but realizing Savio this. Savio Vega's got the endorsement. He's good. He's got the He's Razor fine. endorsement. So we're, we're like, let's see if Razor's right, right? And Philadelphia's starting to catch on to this. There's yeah. a lot of ECW fans there. Yeah, yeah. Philly's also been a pretty tough crowd, like, you know? What is this shit? Like, what are we doing here at this yeah. show? So Savio wins. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so Fine. It's like, okay, they're going to crown Savio Vega. It's going to seem like this. This is how we're going to make Savio Vega a reputable person on this roster, right? What a sorry ass final, though. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, at least we've it's got... Like, Sa- that's what I think everyone starts thinking they're going for, right? It's like, whoa, wow, this Savio Vega guy, he's a big deal, this right? Is, this is his break. He, he's going to win the King of the Ring, and it's going to be great, right? <laughs> so, so before we get to that, we've got to do the uh, big Bret Hart-Lawler match. And again... 
credit where it's due to this both is what men. i was looking for yeah no seriously uh jerry lawler is one of the all-time greats when it comes to generating heat and doing the crowd psychology shit and obviously bret hart and he had great chemistry together yeah the way i remember this match yep. and i'm not kidding go ahead is just bret hart totally fucks him up pretty much and then at the end we get the, with the kissing of the foot part yeah so not only does Brett make the King kiss his feet, which is the stipulation. Brett right. wins, obviously. He wins with a sharpshooter. Now, King is all, he's all out of it after having to kiss Brett's foot, right? And Brett's foot wasn't even dirty. It was just sweaty from wrestling. Yeah, from wearing boots, right? Yeah. Brett then makes the King kiss his own foot. So, can I just say this? My, yes, you can. There, there's a great moment in this where Brett takes off King's boot and his foot they like Nickelodeon <laughs> double dare up his foot. It's like got green slime in the like gack in the like dry kind in the <laughs> middle. It's absolutely fucking disgusting. Yep. And Brett makes him kiss his own foot. Jerry the King Lover gagging. Yes, Jerry the King Lover. Kiss the royal feet. King sells the shit out of this. It's really hokey. Mm-hmm. It's really stupid, and as a wrestling match, it's decent. It's yeah. a fine. It's fine. It's not about that though. I think yeah, this is not. this is total psychology. This is the fans. Jerry Lawler is so damn annoying. Yeah, and, and like they're like, just come on. Like yeah. we want to see a total beatdown. So this is the only thing where everyone is okay with that. Yeah, because at least it's two good guys in the ring. The right guy won, and the heel got his comeuppance. Right, and everyone's very happy about it. Right. All right, time for our final. So it's Mabel <sighs> with Mo with Mo. Taking on Savio Vega, and this surely Savio Vega will win this, right? Mabel stinks. Well, he's been the Cinderella story, yeah. Savio, right? Makes sense for him to win, send the fans home happy. Mm-hmm. This is the match where the crowd is very audibly chanting ECW. Yes. It's 560 pounds. Listen to this. Because they realize this, this is can't re- end well. Right. Either way, because again, Savio Vega is in a known commodity, and some of the crowd know he's Quang, probably knowing the ECW. Oh yeah, crowd. I'm sure. Reading that Meltzer, reading yeah. the torture. Maybe they were listening to John Arezzi back in the day. You Why know, is the parking so much? You know, at Titan, I hear they're gonna make they're gonna take the mask off Quang, and his name's gonna be Savio. Real name Juan Rivera. Oh yeah. <laughs> so Mabel Nelson Frazier defeated Juan Rivera. Anyway, horrible. Um, so- <laughs> So Savio does not pull out the miracle here. This is his fourth match, by the way. Mm-hmm. Mabel wins, <sighs> becomes the king of the ring. Mabel with a splash! Good night, King Mabel! King Mabel! King Mabel! King Mabel! King Mabel! King Mabel! Now, his coronation is very proud from like a heel point of view. I will say this. It the the is. best thing to come out of this is not Mabel winning the King of the Ring, but Mo getting knighted. Oh, well, he is Sir Mo now. Yeah. yeah you're right about Mo that. being knighted is, it really made me happy. Now, I'm not going to lie, Quinn, just to, to briefly mention this. I don't mind from a heel perspective. I don't mind the King Mabel thing because you're not supposed to like it. But the thing so, is, is that Mabel, here's, you, like you said at the beginning, I don't like, like it. They're freshly heel. No one yeah, a few months in. No one really takes them seriously. Not too like, much. You know what I'm saying? Like no no one really does. I think the main problem with King Mabel is not that he won the King of the It's okay. He won the King of the Ring. It's the card in which he won it on is so crappy yeah. that it left a bad taste in everyone's mouth. You know yeah. what I mean? It's I get that they have to push a new monster but, heel. What does Mabel say when he talks about 
<laughs> big daddy cool. I think you're big daddy fool. Big oh. daddy fool. I thought you were dumb, but you're a fool or whatever. It's really, really bad. That's what the, this is what that leads to. Yeah. The, the, the ultimate like, wow, this guy is lame. This is a uh, very, yeah, this guy is lame is right. This is a very late 80s style mentality where Diesel is the Hogan and Mabel's the big fat heel. King Kong Bundy or yeah, something. Yeah, and this is the start of the build. But big daddy fool. Big daddy fool. Anyway, that happens. Mabel gets hit with some garbage, and then we move on to some more garbage, which is Firecoat and Big Daddy Fool. No take- one has any patience for this after what they just did. Well, that shit that they just pulled. This match is so bad. <laughs> I, I'm pretty I don't sure, even remember how bad or good it is. I'm pretty sure Diesel is legit injured. Tatanka is main eventing. Why would you trust Tatanka in this position? I really don't know why. I don't understand. Yeah. The match is like 18 minutes, <laughs> and there's no reason for it to exist. What I wonder is that they think, well, Sid and Bam Bam will make sure it's tolerable, right? I don't know what they were thinking. Yeah. It's shitty, though. I'll yeah. tell you that much. And the faces win. I think Tatanka gets pinned off of Diesel. Of course he nut. gets yeah. pinned. Duh. Because God forbid the Sid-Diesel feud ever end conclusively. Yeah. And that's it. And this pay-per-view is, is really, really not what a piece of shit. It's really bad, Quinn. Yeah. I don't think it had any real value to it. No. The best thing about it uh, from a storyline perspective is Brett Lawler. The best match is... I don't know. <laughs> one of the Savio ones, maybe maybe the Rody Bob Holly, maybe the Sean Kamala one. There's no best match. It's just a bad pay-per-view. Yeah, you're right. All right, so with that said, it's ranking time. Mm-hmm. As poorly as WrestleMania 9 comes across. I have to say, King of the Ring is worse. It's worse, Quinn, it right? It is. It's so disappointing. Here's the thing. The whole blob of King of the Ring matches could have been great if they just said, I really don't understand why Shawn Michaels didn't just win. Well, because then he would have to lose somewhere along the line. No. What do you mean? They could have just said, uh, how about he goes for the Intercontinental title? Like, that's how they build that up. But then how do you build a heel? For care. <laughs> well, that's the problem. I don't know. Have you know him what I mean? face somebody else. Whatever. I get, there is nobody on this roster, is there? Holy no, shit. No, that's what I'm saying. Just have him fight Psycho Sid again at SummerSlam. Oh, I don't yeah, know. that would have worked out well. The, the third and final match, whatever. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think we're being fair, Quinn. If we compare main events here, as much as you hate it, on, mm-hmm. pa- on paper, the Hogan match at WrestleMania 9 is a better hook than the tag match here. Yeah. And the Brett Yoko match is a better hook than it. Like, it's all... Why? The one thing they could have done that yeah. would have sort of made sense, the only thing that I can figure out, right? What if Yoko won the King of the Ring and fought Diesel? Because he couldn't go anymore. As a single, he really couldn't. If Yoko could have, that would have solved most of these issues, right? It would have helped, sure. Because Yoko goes into fighting Diesel, he's got the tag title, and he can amass, he could get his world title back, and he could, that's how they could hype it. And Jim Cornette will be like, oh, he's going to get all of his belts back, and yada, yada, you know. As much as I love Yoko, Mabel is, unfortunately, the much better wrestler at this point. Physically, I'm saying physicality-wise. So unfortunately, but Yoko had a name. That's the thing is that he you did. could make he did because Diesel beating him could seem like a big deal. The problem too is that Diesel was the champion, and that this reign was already off the rails by this point. Right? You know what? Like, look Fair what enough. They, look what they have Diesel doing. I know. And it's just a bad time. Uh, WrestleMania nine. At least it has a couple of good matches that aren't like stupid. You know, the opener is pretty good. The head shrinker Steiner's match is pretty good. The doink thing is fun. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania nine is more fun than this. Would you agree? It's more fun. Yeah. It's more exciting. I agree. The crowd doesn't shit on it the way they do this. Mm-hmm. There's not four Savio Vega matches at WrestleMania 9. 
<laughs> you know, you yeah. know what I'm saying, right? I guess, uh, yeah. Ranking-wise, we know what's number one. King of the Ring. And yeah. I'm just trying to give the fans some reasons here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. WrestleMania 9's dumb. Yeah. But it's charming. There's no charm to King of the Ring. It's just a piece of shit. Yeah. And, and, and then the ECW fans just tell us it is. And I haven't seen it in a long time, but I don't think my opinions on this are going to change. We'll see. What if it's like the greatest unknown pay-per-view ever? I don't something? think it is, Quinn. Uh, we'll find out in June next misunderstood, year. Misunderstood. <laughs> yeah, <perhaps>. misunderstood. <laughs> King of the Ring 95. Anyway, with that said, I believe we're calling in a week. Yeah. We're good here. Okay. So this is an easy one, folks. At number one, the current worst WWF pay-per-view of all time, King of the Ring 1995. And number two, WrestleMania 9. Hopefully that goes all the way down the list and we'll get to number 10 or something like that. I think it will remain. Uh, We'll find out here. It'll be like number 5 or something. That's my prediction. That might be fair. Folks, let us know what you think. Which one is worse? Let us know which and let us know why. Do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group. But Quinn, when we come back, this is legitimately one of the best things we have reviewed in years. UWF. That'll be coming up right after this. Big Daddy Fool, I always knew you were a fool, but I never knew you were stupid. We can appreciate great art. Thank you very much. Vintage wine, right touch, and of course, gourmet cuisine. Dig in, boys. Yes, it's good to be the king. I'm the real king around here. You are nothing but a cheap impersonator. How dare you? only one king of the ring of the world wrestling federation witness the coronation live on pay-per-view hello wrestling fans it's time to shout out our friends of the show now these are other independent podcasters that do their best each and every week to put out a unique program focusing on old wrestling kind of like ovp let's start with the best of southern fried wrestling we're talking filthy we're talking unprofessional wrestling podcast we're talking about booking the territory where you will get your fix of the nwa each week and then for a whimsical journey led by one man pete winson check out greetings from allentown it might be wwf it might be wcw it could be mid-south so check out our friends of the show we're talking about booking the territory and greetings from allentown And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here, episode 242. Quinn and I were just hanging out with, uh, watching King Mabel's coronation. You yeah. Know, nice little time there. And we got King Mabel! We got, <laughs> yeah, they gave us that, too. Yeah. Uh, but one thing that we were given is a review here. It's the UWF, and this is from 1986, November to be exact. Ooh. Phil Austin sent this one this, in. I love this. Yeah, this is great. Phil Austin, great job. Stone Cold Phil Austin. Yeah. And, uh, we want to remind you guys over on our Facebook group, if you've joined it, there is an announcement post, a pinned post, if you will, where you can give us specific episode review requests. And this is one that was given by Phil Austin. Just drop a request there on uh, YouTube if there's a link to it or anything like that. The only thing, if you want your chances of it being reviewed, it has to be an hour or less. Yes. Because that's what we do on this weekly show. Mm-hmm. The live reviews are longer, but we don't do those as often. So. If you have something you want OVP to review, just drop it right there in that announcement post. Richard Land is taking care of that for us. So, with that said, Phil Austin, you have picked a winner, my friend. Yes, this good was gravy. I have not watched a wrestling TV show this good in a very long time. Yeah, we're just cutting to the chase with that. This is good. Yeah. No suspense here. This Holy is good. Crap. We want to tell you why now. The UWF Quinn, this is not the Herb Abrams yes. one. So you might have, before the break, Joe <laughs> yeah. said, the best thing we've ever, UWF, you might have think you've been kidding or something. Right, right. Your first thought is Herb. Herb! 
No, this is the original UWF. Now, yeah. this is Bill Watts Universal Wrestling Federation. Very brief background because we have reviewed this before, but this was uh, originally Mid-South, and before that, it was the NWA Tri-State mm -hmm. promotion. Leroy McGurk, actually. Right. Mike McGurk's dad was the promoter. Bill Watts bought it out in 1979, renamed it Mid-South Wrestling. He opened the door and it came through like a shining light. <laughs> That's, that happened. It did. Bill Watts opened the door, and he walked through, brother, and came out of the shining light. Did you bring his jaw on purpose, or was it an accident? It was on purpose. <laughs> uh, and Bill Watts, even under the Mid-South banner, was known for promoting a very hard-hitting, big-man territory, very good weekly episodic television. He was known for that. It was excellent. He had a great roster. The notable names in the mid-80s were like Teddy DiBiase, mm -hmm. Jim Dugan. Mm -hmm. He didn't pronounce their names right. Uh, there was yeah. also One Man Gang got his big break there. Dr. Death, Steve Williams. Jim Ross was the announcer there. There's a lot of people that work here, and we're going to see people that I didn't even yep. expect to see. This place is hopping. It is hopping. Like, it is really good at this point in time. So how did this become UWF? Well, in the mid-80s, around 85... Right around the time that Vince McMahon was still running uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling, Ted Turner said, you know what? I want you to run your fucking program on my channel because we need some good wrestling on here. Yeah. So Bill Watts got to have a time slot on TBS for a little while, right? And that turned into Bill Watts attempting to do some national expansion. Now, what did happen is Jim Crockett Jr. came in and took over Vince's time slot, and that became the predominant programming. But Bill Watts got a taste of the national expansion here. And the show it, is better than like both of them. It is at the time. It's it crazy good. So in March of '86, we rename Mid South, which sounds very regional, yeah. to the Universal Wrestling Federation. And this is his attempt at doing the same thing Vince is doing and the same thing Crockett is doing, which is expanding. Right mm -hmm. now, he had a syndication deal, so he wasn't just regional. You could find this elsewhere, and he had a couple of television shows. And this. We need to add it's also on YouTube, if you care. Yes, look for this. This is UWF November 15th, 86. Quinn, I say we just get into it. Let's this go. Is I want to hit it up. This is just such a great show. All right. So, again, if you want to find this, UWF November 15th, 1986. And we have an open here with Skandor Akbar hyping up his guy, the one-man gang, who will be taking on Terry Gordy today. Is this General Adnan no. related at all? Is this the, the same guy? They're not the same thing. Is this guy even from, like, the Middle East? Because he's, no. like... Just he sounds like he's from Brooklyn or something. Like, built, no, he's, like, you know what I mean, like or whatever. He sounds like he's from Detroit, maybe. He, I don't know. I, I forget where he's from. He's American. Yeah, um, I think he has Middle East descent. Yeah, right, but, he's but an he's, he wasn't born there. No, no, it no, doesn't no. sound like it. No. You'll see the six, six and a half, four hundred and eighty pound one man gang. But Skandor Akbar was the big heel manager in Mid South at this time. We now cut to Michael Hayes looking stupid, and he calls out Skandor Akbar. Mm -hmm. We get the funky bass music under this. The slap bass. So good. Slapping the bass, man. Slapping the bass. That sounded like Borat. Yeah. Big time. Anyway, Bill Watts presents. Wow, getting a little cocky now, Watts. I'm <laughs> like putting your name right on the show. That is it's a like little the weird, seal right? of approval. <laughs> yeah. It's like I book this in the script. <laughs> yeah, like that'd be funny. Like a Vince McMahon presents. Yeah, you know, I, I book this. <laughs> that's literally like that's that's what it means. Literally what it means. It's yeah. very Watts though. I'm yeah. a promoter. Everyone knew him as a promoter, right? right. On television. So it's weird. okay. But it is the Universal Wrestling Federation. The logo honestly looks pretty slick. I it's, have, a, it's just clean it's good. 80s, almost like 
Wall Street kind of slick. I don't know how else to describe it. It looks good. It's yeah. a nice logo. A nice package here. And we cut to an excited crowd with signs and everything. Mm-hmm. And Jim Ross is our announcer and a nice text. Ha! Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Universal Wrestling. You just heard comments from General Scandal Akbar and Michael PSAs. We're in the Tulsa Convention Center, and JR tells us we're going to have three championship matches tonight. On TV? Yes. What? <laughs> this feels All the like, titles? Right? This feels important already. Immediately, like, if you were watching wrestling and you watch on TV every week, WF, maybe Jim Crockett, whatever, that immediately, like, jumps. Wait, 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 what? Excuse me? Three? All the titles? I, I'm assuming this is all the titles. How many more titles could they have? I think it's three that they have. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in WWF at this time, you're lucky if you get one. You're lucky. Every now and then. You're lucky if you get a match where it's not a jobber versus, <laughs> yeah. a, versus a star. I know. Uh, so JR runs down the card. No spoilers, but good Lord, how are there so many matches? Quinn? Yeah, it really sounds like there's like 45 <laughs> matches and there's only, this is 43 minutes. <laughs> And he's he just listen. And I'm gonna see this and that. And if, so and if we have time, we'll have this. We'll have this, and and we'll have something after that too. If we have, it's like what? It's great. Anyway, the Freebirds enter now, and we go up to the ring announcer, Mike Wilson. Hayes immediately grabs the mic and tells the crowd to shut up and listen. Forget it. Forget it. Cut the music off. And shut up and listen for a second. Wait, are they heels against Akbar? I couldn't tell. Is this heel versus heel? It might be, Quinn. We're going to have to see. Lovely. I love it. So Hayes bitches about how Terry Gordy has to defend his UWF title tonight. That's the, their world title. And Buddy Roberts has to take on Savannah Jack for his TV title. So why the hell do we have to do a six-man here? So the ref goes out to the timekeeper, and Michael Hayes calls out Dr. Death, Terry Taylor, and Ted DiBiase. And suddenly, Born in the USA fires up, and those three gentlemen jog out. What a weird team. Yeah, they're all faces, yeah. too. Well, Michael Hayes has made his comments, but we hear the music cracking up, and that match has been signed. And immediately, a brawl breaks out. All six guys getting into they're it. very peppy. It's just everything, like, mm, there's no horse shit. It's just, you want to fucking fight? <laughs> yeah. I, I love it. Everyone's like this there's, the whole night. There's no standing around. Yeah, it's, it's good. Like, fuck you. Yeah. Uh, lots of windbreakers, by the way. So anyway, Dr. Death drops onto Gordy's arm while Gordy was trying to save Hayes. Oh. Gordy writhes in pain in the aisle now, and the other Freebirds bail him out to help. Now, Gordy is the champion. The yeah, world champion. The champion. The crowd loves this. JR yells us to break wild stuff, Quinn. Yeah, it's it's really good. I like it. I like it, too. We're back now where our next match is already in the ring. And Eddie Gilbert grabs the mic to introduce his team. Nice to see Billy Gilbert found a job, and he's all cocky now, and his hair is better. He's considered hot stuff, allegedly. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how true that is. I don't know. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm so happy to be here. What a difference like two-ish years makes, huh? From his he's, WWF. He, he, he's not like a goof. <laughs> yeah. I guess like Bob Backen's little minion or yeah, whatever. He, like he looks good. Yeah, he doesn't look like a big loser. That's great. Hi, I'm Eddie Gilbert. <laughs> yeah, I'm a great wrestler. My name's Billy. <laughs> Billy Gilbert. Anyway, Eddie Gilbert's hot team here is Sting Heel Edition. Excuse still. me? Yeah, what? That it was even a thing? We're that like, early. Yeah. And his partner. Rick Steiner with no earmuffs. Looks very young. Yep. I've never even seen Rick Steiner look this young. He looks like a brick shithouse, man. Yeah, he, he looks, looks great. awesome. Yeah. And with them is Missy Hot. Ha! Ha! <laughs> She's got like a big purse, which is extremely suspicious to me. I love it. Even JR's like, that Gucci purse! <laughs> like, like, he says it. <laughs> 
that, that, that impression was amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> Next up, Jumpin' Joe Savaldi comes out with his partner, The Missing Link, and they're accompanied by Dark Journey. Does everyone what? just work here? There's what? so many people. I know, like, all of them, pretty yeah. much, too. I love this show. Yeah. Everyone here is over, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it's good. JR mentions that Terry Gordy has a serious injury backstage, yep. so that's what we figured. So, Dark Journey is chasing Missy Hyde around the ring. The ref is chasing Dark Journey around the ring, trying to get him to stop. What is even going on here? It's so great. It's fun. It's like, fun. I like this, to me, it's in 86. This is essentially, like... Miss Elizabeth, Sherry, like yeah, that kind of thing going ahead. on, and it's 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 fun. Stuff is happening. Yeah, I love this, Quinn. So another ref wanders out to try to restore order here. Both women are just sent backstage, back to the ring where Rick Steiner and Joe Savaldi start. Shove up by Steiner, leapfrog crisscross, nice hip toss and a drop kick by Savaldi. So who is Joe Savaldi? Anyone know? I don't. Um, <laughs> okay, so who's that guy? Have you heard of? Have you at least heard the name Angelo Savaldi? Like 60s, Maybe, 70s, WWF. Perhaps we've run across it at some point. It's his actual son. He never was a big name anywhere, but I gotta say, he looks good. He does look good. He, he looks, looks really he looks good. like a clone of Rick. Kind of, yeah. right? Same size here. Yeah. Looks really good. Uh, Sting wanders in, gets drop kicked here. Another one for Steiner, then an armbar. Savaldi really looks great. And he works the arm for a bit while Billy Gilbert hops on the apron. Sting jumps off the top to cheap shot Savaldi and then tags in himself. Nice vertical suit play by Stinger and then a fist drop. Sting is so green here. Oh, it's yeah. absurd. And He's I kind of, it's interesting to watch. Let's see. So he had come up with the Ultimate Warrior, right? Yeah, but this is, they, we're talking like, that. this is a little, little after that. I mean, it's 1986. He's not even like close. No, his debut as a pro was November 85. Yeah. He's one year in. He's like That's a it. baby. He is. And he was a heel for a bit. Irish whip, flying claws on by the stinger, tagged to Rick Steiner again. Nice scoop slam by Rick. Second rope on the inside. The elbow misses. Savaldi rolls over, gets the tag on Missing Link to a big pop. People liked Missing Link. By the way, we didn't even mention that. He just like strolled <laughs> in here. What is he doing here? Yeah, I was like, what? I don't know him to ever be a fake. I don't know his career yeah. trajectory, but I would imagine it's very much of like a George the Animal Steel vibe by this point. I guess that's what they're going for. Right? They're not acting know. like he's serious. They're acting like he's goofy. Lovable. Yeah. That type of thing. How yeah. now, brown cow or whatever. <laughs> that type of deal. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, the Link cleans house now with pushes or something. And Gilbert hops back on the apron. Link drags him inside. Awesome bump by Eddie Gilbert off of a headbutt as the ref calls for the bell. Rick Steiner just says, fuck it, and suplexes the shit out of missing Link. The bell rings a million times. All three heels now beat down the missing link while Gilbert gets a can of yellow spray paint from Missy Hyde's ah, not purse. a brick. It's, it's the spray paint. Spray paint. You could fit anything in there. Right? Well, of course. That's like the Mary Poppins. Like, she could just <laughs> pull out, like, a house out of it. Yeah, there might be a house in there. Yeah. A condo. You never yeah. know. Anyway, this is great Missy's stuff. Missy's Manor, maybe. <laughs> in, the, in their purse. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Missy's Manor. It's in my purse. I, I, you know, anything time Missy Hyde's in anything, it's just, it's a license to, like, jokes i like her, though. i actually like her i we do like her. her yeah i do I like her, her too i think she's such an interesting character that is like never really just because that wbf thing bombed she could have been a much bigger deal to me i think so and i think she's very good i think yeah. she's good in wcw also right. later i do too but anyway jr is flipping out quinn yeah jr is yelling like a madman we gotta get this shit together like he's like all ridiculous <laughs> he's, he's like great. we're gonna go to break well Fuck. hopefully we get this all straightened out Steiner, Sting, and Gilbert are painting the leak. Remember, they've expelled Missy and Dark Journey to the dressing room. <laughs> so Savaldi suddenly comes back with a chair. He chases the heels away, and then we do go to break. Great stuff. Uh, by the way, the bumper music here, there's a lot of hits. Yep. This time around, it was Everybody Wants You by Billy Squire. I love the music. The production is really shining here. Again, 
Like WWF did songs at the breaks, but this is like they turn, first of all, they they turn like the volume up or something yeah. when the songs play. They're like, no, you're gonna hear this song. It's and it's always like hopping and it's a different song every time. It's not just they keep reusing the one song they got. Front or something. You can tell like somebody like they literally sought out like somebody like picked a playlist for this episode. Right. Like, you know what it's, I mean? It's, I love the product. This is yeah. This is produced better than I th- probably any wrestling that was on in 86. 100%. It has to be. It, it's um, incredible. <laughs> you gotta find this on you. Yeah, this episode's this. unbelievable. Even if you're one of our fans, uh, which we do have a lot that are mainly WWF this people. Is, this, you, this will be right up your alley. Just watch this. Yeah. Just trust us. Yeah. Uh, we're back now with Skandor Akbar, who hypes up One Man Gang again, along with the rest of his stable, which, by the way, Quinn, I didn't note this, but in um, UWF, the stable is called Akbar's Army. It's called Devastation Inc. Elsewhere. I say. Just to clarify. Anyway, Akbar warns us we're going to see a lot of him to ringside now where Akbar is in the ring with one man gang who does his little good. I love him. Why is he so good? From Chicago, the one man gang. I love one man gang. He's just lovely. I know. Anyway, the music hits Bad Street USA for Terry Gordy and, uh, he takes forever to come out, Quinn. And I smell a cast incoming, like or, or right. a sling or yep, something like that. Yep, yep, yep. So finally, Gordy does come out with his arm in a sling. Michael Hayes is with him. At least it's a valid excuse. They like showed us. Yeah, it's right? not like, like a fake injury. Right. It's like he uh, we saw him get injured like five minutes ago. Yes, this isn't like he's not doing a Jerry Lawler here. Right. You know? Yeah. Who's even the faces, Quinn? Is yeah, anyone? So I'm 100 percent at this point sure that both are heels. I think they are. Yeah. We'll have to see how this plays out. So Hayes cuts the music, calls Akbar Camel Breath, says he's got to take Gordy for x-rays. He can't wrestle. He says he's not wrestling. And then one man Kang grabs the mic and just taunts them. Yeah, he's just like, you're an idiot you're or chicken. You're, you're chicken. Coward or whatever yeah, he says. Gang. Akbar then tells him to put up or shut up. And I'm just like, again, is this heel versus heel? Yeah, I think Both it is. Both sides are like complete assholes. Yeah, no one's being like, No one's like redeemable on either no. side. They're like, I hate both of these people, but it's funny watching them argue. It is, right? Yeah. I think that's what you're supposed to like yeah. about it, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, fuck it. Who cares what happens to <laughs> any of them? good. So Gordy wants to attack. Hayes keeps holding him back here. Hayes insists that Terry Gordy will not be wrestling, not defending his belt. Yeah. So the referee just simply takes the belt and gives it to Gang, who proudly holds it. <laughs> Gang is the champ, and he celebrates like a total asshole. And the whole time I'm like, this isn't going to stand, right? Somebody's going to take it away. Bill Watts is going to come out or but something. But he doesn't. He doesn't. Like, Gang just, like, happily, like, leaves. Like, oh, he, he's like, I'm the champion. Yeah. He acts like, like he did something. Yeah, he acts like he's, like, a big, like, he. this was a huge victory. Right. Like, he totally beat him, whatever. It's so fucking funny. So meanwhile, Hayes is trying to protest here that Gordy can't wrestle. It's not that he doesn't mm-hmm. want to. By the way, the referee is Tommy Gilbert, Eddie's dad. Oh. And he says it's a forfeit. So Gang and Akbar happily leave. And the Freebirds are making a big fuss this, in the ring. This next part, I literally had to pause and just laugh because it was so funny. Right as we go to break, Hayes is on the mic and he's like, You didn't even beat him! Yeah. <laughs> you didn't even beat him! Just blood, like that's it. Just that not. There's no anything out. Just you didn't even bait him. Like and then and then they just clip to like big sad faces by Gordy's yeah. like like exaggerated like big sourpuss. Yep. This was brilliant. Good stuff. Yeah. Because like, he didn't beat him. Hayes yeah, is right. They didn't beat him. But Gordy and Gordy's reaction is like he's like a baby. Mm. Like it's like it's like a big baby next I, to him. I love it so much. Aha, uh-huh. we're back here for our TV title match. They, they just don't fuck around no, on this show. No, it's just like, you want more titles matches? Okay. So first in the ring, 
Savannah Jack, who, not going to lie, the only guy I didn't know who he was I've so never far. heard of this guy. Never heard of him. I looked yeah. him up. He didn't wrestle for long. So one percent uh, chance of winning the title here, obviously. Obviously, yeah. he wrestled for like three years or something. Yeah. It wasn't long. And anyway, Bad Street USA hits again because this time the TV champion Buddy Roberts comes out. And at this point, I'm like, please tell me the whole episode is just the Freebirds getting screwed. <laughs> like every single instance. That's what it seems uh, like, yeah, right? right? It seems like we're setting up for the punchline. Like this is the last joke can right I here. Can I say something too while we're at it? Because I mean, Freebirds obviously everywhere. We've seen them in so yeah. many different promotions. One of the great things about them is that Michael Hayes does nothing and he's great at it. He yeah. just he's the talker. Again, you would never works. know that this guy was Doc. Oh, I know. He he's totally different. He's an incredible and this isn't news to anyone, and I've always known this too, but he is such a good fucking talker. Yeah, he really is. He does dick in the ring. Like yeah. in, in the tag matches, he does almost he's like Jesse Ventura almost. Right. Yeah. A little that's better. not the point of him. He's just a talker. Awesome talker. He's got like the other thing that's interesting about him is like He's not really known for his in-ring prowess. No. However, his look, he looks like he should be impressive, right? right? Like, you know what I mean? Just like Jesse the Body. Uh, very like, similar, yeah, right? Yeah, like he looks like he should. But he but sucks. He, but he's not really that good. <laughs> no, he's yeah. not. And that's fine. He doesn't have yeah. to be. Uh, so Hayes actually gets a seat right next to JR and puts on a headset. Mm -hmm. And of course, he bitches about the whole one-man gang. I don't Terry blame Gordon. him. He's it, right. It, he's not wrong. JR's just like, well, I don't know. JR's um, like, well, you lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, he's like, fuck you. J he's like, no, my boy Dr. Death wrestled once with <laughs> yeah, an injury. He, he does. He, he resorts to it. He does. He brings up Dr. Death. You're right. Remember when Dr. Death had a contract signed? Remember when Dr. Death's arm was injured? You wanted that match to continue. And he wrestled the match to the best of his ability. The other thing I noticed in the minor minor note here, the announcers don't have a table, which I just find that weird. Yeah. They're just sitting in like director's chairs. They don't chairs. really need it. They're just watching. I guess They're so. like literally just watching from there. Where like, we, can, your, we can see the action, right? Where do you put your drink? I don't know. On the floor next to you. On the floor? I mean, they gotta bend the down. The fans gotta do it. It's true. You're right. Okay. Anyway, Roberts is here and he's got the puffy hair. Looking the youngest I've ever seen him and he still looks old. You know, he already is like 40 something. He here. has to be. He is. He's like 42. But what's I think. weird is like it's 86. Yes. And maybe he's 39. I don't remember how old he is, but he's already like older than the other two free mm -hmm. birds. Let's put it that way. And he's also known as Buddy Jack Roberts here, which I don't, <laughs> I don't know what that was. What but is that? Why did they do that in a match where he's fighting a guy named Savannah Jack? They should know. have taken away the Jack part out of the cryon or what whatever. Jesse Ventura name him here. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Hayes storms back to the ring now, gets on the apron to talk to Buddy. We get a bell. Savannah Jack with big punches to start in the corner and a body slam. The crowd loves it. Kneelift by Jack. Tree of Woe. He, Hayes frees his man from the ropes, but Jack is right there. Corner whip, but Roberts is out of the corner with the clothesline. Suddenly, Terry Taylor is here with a t-shirt on. What's he doing? Get out of here. Well, I mean, Hayes is there, so he's coming out to help Savannah Jack. He encourages him. Roberts lands a snap mare and a stomp. Roberts now sets up a pile driver. Jack back drops out. Big rights by Jack. Irish whip, clothesline. Body slam by Jack in the cover, but Hayes breaks the count with a slap. Terry Taylor then chases Hayes around, and they get into it on the outside. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, back in the ring, a big backdrop by Jack. Super kick by Savannah the Jack. super kick I didn't expect. Awesome. I was like, whoa, awesome. In 86? Yes. Cover Even JR calls it a super He's like, that's super kick. Like, he says it. Don't you bag. Yeah. Cover gets one, two, three. New champion. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a super kick. We can have a new champion. One, two, three. Savannah Jack has super kicked his way. The Universal Television Championship!
Freebird's losing it. This is good. I don't even know this guy at all, but I'm happy he won. So I don't good. even never even heard of him. I was so happy. <laughs> yeah. JR loves it. The crowd loves it. Freebirds just get the screw. They lost all their belts. It's fantastic. Terry Taylor loves it. Yeah. They can just love it. Mm -hmm. This was good, Quinn. Yeah. This whole thing is good. They're clearly leaving the territory, by the way. There's no way. They right? must be, right? I yeah. don't know where they went next, but probably. But what a show so yeah. far, man. Woo! We quickly go to break. We come back, Quinn. Again, no screwing around. It's time yeah. for our UWF well, tag title me, match. How many belts? Oh my goodness. So, first in the ring, Skandor Akbar's there. No, no, huge brawl just breaks out right away. Yes, okay, we don't even like get to like who's wrestling, <laughs> nope. what's happening. Have to deduce Who are this. even the champions? So the champions here are Shitty John Tatum Ugh. and Jack Victory. <laughs> oh, suck. Get out of here. But they're taking a wild bill. Okay, I like him. And bad Leroy Brown. Good. And the heels just clean the fuck house here. It's amazing. And Jack Victory, by the way. <laughs> He's so bad. I don't Ugh, like seeing Jack him ever. Victory. By the way, did you notice this? Bill Irwin actually looks young for once. Yeah, he looks young and he, he looks, looks like cool. he kicked some ass. Yes. <laughs> now, that's the goon, by the way, for yeah. you WWF only people. That's after he, he lost his wild streak. Yeah, he started being a hockey player. We're not doing him, by the way, for anywhere but New York. Yeah. We did Tony Anthony. They were not going to do we're Wild not doing, Bill or whenever. Or, or Black Bart. Yeah. Or Pez Wally. We already talked about how they fucked up the other cowboy yeah. character. <laughs> we don't need to keep doing <laughs> those. I think it's obvious. But anyway, Leroy beats the shit out of Tatum before tagging in Bill Irwin. Knee drop by Irwin gets two. Can I just say the UWF belts look exactly like the original Ring of Honor belts? Did you notice that? I didn't, the, the actually. The Ring of Honor belts just say ROH instead, but the design is exactly the same. I wonder if they're... um. Dave Milligan or one of those people? Uh, who else did them? It's it's literally Reggie like Parks. the design existed in a file somewhere in Ring a of file. Honor, like you know, not like on a computer, like you know where they design it or whatever. In '86. No, I'm saying in the in the late '90s, early 2000s, when Ring of Honor was like getting its shit together to start a company. They use the print that there is or whatever. Yeah, they said, the "Hey, schematic. we like the design of this belt because the UWF all the belts look very similar." Right. And Ring of Honor did the same thing. All the belts look very similar. This is true. They look like this. WWE, all their belts look really similar and shitty now, too. I'm just saying. Anyway, Brown back in. Big right tire strip. Head down. Boot by Tatum. Tagged to victory. But the heels are all over him with a double team. Double whip. Double elbow. The heels look awesome here, by the way. Leroy Brown is a fucking ass kicker, man. Yeah, he's he's totally Holy dominating. It's shit. Good. And even Bill Irwin, he looks great. He kicks the crap out of victory with his cowboy boots for a bit. JR just yelling a lot. He's JR should go solo more, he's Joe. Great. Yeah, he's pretty good as like the solo, like, what's all this shit happening? Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's better. He really, like, I... I don't like him in um, WCW as much as I do, I think, in Mid-South. Yeah, but this Truthfully, is he's pretty good here. He's great here in Mid-South. Mm -hmm. uh, Brown back in while Irwin holds victory in a front face lock for him by Brown and an Irish whip. Big clothesline. Irwin back in. Body slam, but an elbow drop misses. So victory is in with the tag to Tatum who lands some rights. Irish whip back elbow on Irwin. He's a house of Hollywood. Yes, he certainly Hollywood is. Hollywood John Tatum. <laughs> Get out squares. of here. Horrible. Uh, Irish whip again. Reverse duck under by Tatum. Huge boot by Irwin. And Tatum is down. Irish whip by Irwin. Another huge boot. Tag in Leroy Brown. Big headbutt. Straight right hand. Back to Bill Irwin. Irish whip. Tag back to Brown again. Backbreaker by Irwin. In the meanwhile, big elbow by Leroy Brown. And the cover just gets the win. Damn. Holy oh, shit. That was just total domination. They didn't even like have trouble. They destroyed them. was like a them. jobber match. The champions went down like a bunch of like, like crap. shit. Yeah, like a bag of shit. Like it was embarrassing. Now, from what I understand, Quinn, I, I wanted to look into this a little bit. Tatum and Victory 
were already also heels. Okay. And they had recently won the tag titles only two weeks ago from the Fantastics. Okay. So there's a lot of heel versus heel stuff going on here. But it's treated like it's normal. Like, oh, and, yeah. And that, like, everyone just hates each other. That's the thing, is they do the thing that we know of Vince Russo. Shade your gray, bro. Shades, everyone just hates each other in this company. There's no, there's no, like, heels or faces. Just everyone's a big dick. When, bro, when I came to the WWF, uh, Bill Watts, actually, my office was near his, and he had me had me sit in in the creative, bro. And I got to be honest with you, the goons sucked, bro. <laughs> anyway, our new UWF Tag Team Champions, Wild Bill Irwin and Bad Leroy Brown. All the belts have changed hands in I this in, in the last, like, three matches. When Akbar's army is taking over. Yeah, they, they, that's There's the other thing we didn't mention is they quietly, like, won all of them. It's amazing. Because they were just involved, whether it be with the Freebirds or just with these guys. Yep. Akbar wasn't fucking around. Yeah. He said, we're going to see him a lot. We mm -hmm. certainly did. So we quickly go to break as Rush is playing. <laughs> Man, this damn episode. This is fucking amazing. Everything. Holy shit. And it even gets better because we come back now where Ernie Ladd has joined JR. This is this is insane. I love this. And Ernie's like, I can't fucking believe what's going on. He's <laughs> yeah. like, this show is amazing. It's the greatest hour of wrestling I've ever he seen. He loves this shit. And I love the way he says it in such a genuine, like, I didn't think this was going to be good, but this yeah. is really fucking good. Like, yeah. It's like that they like convinced him. Where can you get this type of... You couldn't get this much entertainment at the World's Fair. You couldn't get this much entertainment from uh, the Thrill in Manila. And while they're yakking up, Chavo Classic enters the ring. What? He's good. I yeah. like him. He's okay. He's good, Quinn. I don't mind Chavo Classic. And soon after, his opponent... The Nature Boy, Buddy Rydell, gets out there, too. <laughs> what even is this match, the by cool the way? Like, yeah, the literal cooldown. <laughs> it's Buddy Lyondale, folks. Don't get mad yeah. at me. Just making a joke. You can uh, po put the uh, the clip of Nature Boy, Buddy Rydell, or whatever. This announcer has no idea. Fuck him. He's fired. <laughs> Nature Boy, Buddy Rydell. What in the world is going on here? I don't think he has any idea what he's doing out there. Anyway, Bell, Circle, and a lockup. Landell backs Chavo into the corner. Clean break. Uh, also, JR says there's going to be a steel cage match later if this ends early enough. Why not just do that instead of this? <laughs> what, I, that's what I want, Fair. the steel cage. I was, you're like gorilla. The minute he says that, Joe, I'm like, is this, can we end this? Like, I, I want to uh, see the footage. Yeah, I, like, <laughs> I was like, the minute he says that, all of a sudden I'm like, I don't care about anything. I want steel cage, right? Steel cage, steel cage. It's like looming over the rest of the show. On TV. Yeah. That's right. Lock up again. Arm drag take them by Chavo. Lendell complains about a hair pull. Goes to the corner just to be annoying. Can we move it along? I want cage match. Cage match. <laughs> Where's the cage match? So JR runs down a bunch of upcoming tapings. As we get a collar and elbow, shoot, shove off by Chavo. Drop down, back up, leapfrog. Another one. Drop kick by Chavo. Cover gets a zero count. Both guys are up and Lendell again goes to cover. Cower in the corner. Ernie Ladd admits that uh, Chavo beat him for a title once. Neat. Can we get to the cage? <laughs> lock up top wrist lock by Buddy Landell. Chavo bends backwards to the map, powers back up, but Buddy sneaks in a hair pull to send Chavo back down and then into an armbar. Chavo back to a standing position. Landell hangs on. He tries to bunch, but the ref blocks punches. What are we doing here? Why, hey. why is Tommy Gilbert? He needs to chill. Why is it? Why is he making the match go on longer? <laughs> Just let them beat beat each other up, yeah, and just whoever end, wins wins. Just end it. Three minutes. Come on, that's what we need. Uh, Chavo with a leg trip into a rear chin lock, snap mare by Chavo, and it occurs to me, Quinn, that Ernie Ladd was like just in the <laughs> WWF doing the big event like less than three months that's ago. That's why he's surprised. He's like, oh shit, it's good over yeah. here. <laughs> like I could stick around here. Johnny V's not here next yeah, to me. Good. <laughs> <laughs> that crick. Anyway, <laughs> 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 that 
that crickle like area or whatever <laughs> yeah. he says. Anyway, JR plugs the New Orleans. <laughs> this, this, I couldn't believe this. <laughs> the New Orleans area Popeye coupons for the Popeye's wrestling extravaganza. I want to know what this is. I do too, actually. Is the logo like on the apron or something? I want to know what this is, folks. Louisiana Popeye's. Now I want Popeye's. Yeah. Uh, Landell with some punches in an elbow. Chavo off the ropes for him. Buddy with a chop. Cover gets a zero count. Was Landell ever good? Um, yeah, right? He's no. a talented guy. Sure. I had the TV title and Crockett yeah, or, or some something. heritage title. You yeah, know, Western her- Yeah, States. Western heritage, whatever the fuck. Undershirt title. Uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> one of the ones that doesn't matter. Yeah. Oklahoma one of the ones that province. doesn't even have a belt. Yeah. It's just like, he's the champion. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know. How do you know? He just is. Trust yeah. us. Yeah. Uh, single leg by Chavo. Back up. Knee by Buddy. You know what, Chinlock? Meanwhile, Ernie Ladd says that, you know, just like Herschel Walker and OJ Simpson, UWF is only the best. No, that commented didn't date well, no, right? No, it didn't, but UWF is killing it right yeah. now. Chavo back up, elbows out, a few punches, spinning kick, he's so good! Chavo Classic is better than Chavo Guerrero Jr. It's true. I agree. Chavo Classic, much better. He's better. Uh, Irish whip by Chavo, nice dropkick, Glendale bows out. Suddenly, Quinn, Jack Victory wanders out. Are we serious? I just want the cage to <laughs> stop with all this nonsense. Get through it already. I don't want to see Jack Victory again. I don't want to see any of this. I want the cage. Okay, okay. They Ch- said cage. If we have Only if we have time, and they're wasting my time. <laughs> Chavo with a springboard plancha onto the floor. He rolls back in. Landell recuperates. Jack Victory, by the way, has the ref tied up. But Gilbert turns around. That's Tommy Gilbert. To count one for a suplex by Chavo. Backdrop by Landell. Sends Chavo on to Tommy Gilbert. Great, great spot. Did you catch that one, Quinn? Mm-hmm. Where it's a back body drop. I saw he, it. He lands on the ref. It's excellent. I've never seen that before. Excellent. Anyway, Chavo's back up. Moonsault on Landell. That was out. That was looked great, by the yeah, way. Was, he got a lot of height on that, too. Chavo's old here, too. Classic. He's re- <laughs> classic. He's wrestling incredibly. Jack Victory now in, though, with an elbow on Chavo. Landell covers. Gilbert is back up just in time to count the three. Well, that's annoying. Yeah. Assholes. Anyway, JR informs us that we do have yes! time <laughs> Good! for our steel cage match, and it's going to be between the one-man gang yes! and Jim Duggan. Is this for the title? I think it is for the title. Oh, my goodness. But first, Quinn, the Fantastics here with a promo, and they invite us on their uh. quest to regain the UWF tag titles. They say, yeah, Victory and Tatum were torn apart by Irwin and, and Leroy Brown. But they're going to go through everyone now to get their hands on those belts again. Not bad. I can't believe these two are wasting my steel cage time. I literally want to like punch them through the screen because there's like four minutes left. Yes, and these I two, know. These two are like, hey, we're good. And it's like, no, you're not. You're not the champions. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> there's a steel cage match. You're wasting time. We got four fucking minutes left. You're right. You're right. How are they even going to set the cage up that fast? They're trying. They're doing yeah. it quick. We go back to ringside where it's the first ever steel cage match on television, we're okay. told. Great. Let's go. Let's go. In the rain, the new UWF champion, one man gang. And the cage, by the way, is kind of like the blue bar one, except it's gray and also really shitty looking. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's a cage It's a cage. Up. It is a cage. In the 80s. In the 80s. We go back to last week where the gang landed the 747 on, I don't know. Uh, and then he landed another one. And apparently it's Gary Young. I only okay. know that because of JR. I didn't recognize the guy. But anyway, Akbar tells gang to give the guy one more. But Jim Duggan hits the ring, goes after the gang. Good. Come on, Duggan. Kicking his ass there. Big rights close on. The gang goes down. They brawl outside in an awesome scene. I love this shit. I want this match. I know. I want to watch it. Let's do it. We got two and a half minutes. What's better than two (laughs) big meaty brawlers slapping each other around, just beating the fuck out of each other in a cage? That's how we got here. Back to ringside. Ernie Ladd's still there with JR. Good. 
Terry Gordy and Michael Hayes suddenly come out to protest the whole thing as Lad fixes his headset. Ah, there's four minutes. How are they going to fit this in? We need to fit the... Get out of here, Hayes. I'm like counting. I'm like, wait, no. <laughs> so Duggan makes his way out anyway, gets into a slugfest with Michael Hayes. <laughs> well, screw it. He's annoying anyway. Just to go. Do Duggan's that. like, get the fuck out of yeah, here. But, by the way, meanwhile, Gordy gets his arm slammed in the door by uh-huh. one man gang. This is just not his night. No. Uh, the he- heels just don't like each other at all, huh? Yeah. Then, Wild Bill Irwin and Leroy Brownstorm out, they attack Duggan from behind. This is chaos. This show, holy shit, right? Joe. Like, what the fuck? This is a match that isn't even started no. yet. No. So they beat the shit out of Duggan. They throw him into the cage while Gang just watches from the inside. By the way, Leroy proudly has a hat on now. It's very good. It's excellent. <laughs> it is. Irwin and Brown toss Duggan into the ring now, where we can see that he's busted wide open, Duggan. The ring announcer now, like... <laughs> hilariously has to like yeah he's like and from and from Glens Falls Falls, yeah like while they're wrestling meanwhile like Duggan's bloody and battered on the floor they're shoving Duggan in the cage and the gang taking over Duggan and Duggan has been passed Jim Duggan and gang beats the shit out of Duggan in the cage while Erin (laughs) only this part I couldn't this was amazing they physically Carry the referee away. Down like, we the don't aisle. need a ref for this. Yeah, like, they take the ref away. Yeah, I, this is so good. Chaos, man. Duggan gets his hand caught in the ropes. Doug, gang takes full advantage, and the slap base hits, and we say no, goodbye. Don't leave. It's <sighs> like bump a dump, bump a bump, 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 and I'm like, no, 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 no. So gang goes up to the second rope. He lands at 7:47 from up there, and we're out of time. No, he doesn't even land it. You Joe. see it. You that's, see it. That's no. That's the best part of the cut. Is He's about to land right at the, the fl- instant yes. that he's going to land on him. It's like UWF. It's like amazing. It's a great little cliffhanger here. Makes you want to come Ugh. back next week. And all I have to say is Phil Austin, thank you. Because this was an action-packed, fun, exciting, well-produced hour of wrestling TV. I liked every single thing on here. Seriously, it was incredible stuff. A great showcase of Bill Watson, his style, Quinn. I'm just going to say, this was the best 43 minutes of weekly wrestling we have reviewed in quite some time. Yes. My goodness, the UWF was like on fucking fire at yes. this time period. This show was produced incredibly, like as if someone actually thought about it. It was fantastic <laughs> stuff. Highly recommended. I got to say, I got to say. Yeah. The thing that really like made this an all-timer for me was the fact that they're like, by the way, you get a steel cage match, but only, only if we have enough time. And that made me like the, the last like 10 minutes. I was like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Come on. And yeah. then like the, the hype when they were like, you're going to get, we're going to get it. We got enough time. And you're like, yeah. And then yep. like you, the free the, birds are out there. And then all this shit's happening. And you're like, what a fucking like, again, somebody thought about it. Somebody thought Bill Watts. And the fact that they end with the cutaway, right? His gang's going to yep. kill him. It's like perfect, insanely good. This is, um, unfortunately, within months, Quinn, Bill Watts would sell the UWF to Crockett. Why? Financial reasons. <sighs> yeah. This is probably this is a high right here. Yeah. This is awesome. And then by April, he sells it. So, man, Phil Austin, thank you, folks. Again, if you're a WWF fan predominantly or you. You never watch any of the Mid South. This I, will appeal to you. You'll know everyone in it too. For the yeah, most part, for the most part, you'll know everyone. Jr. is good. The directing is good. The production's good. The music's good. Yeah, the quality is good. It's mm-hmm. ah, thank you, Phil Austin, and folks. Again, 
Please, if you have review suggestions, put them on our Facebook group. We are accepting them in perpetuity. Just put them up there, okay? And again, also, if you have suggestions for the Anywhere But New York segment, hey, this is some good inspiration right here. A lot of good stuff uh, on this that wasn't successful in New York, but it shows you how wrestling is when it was done right, Quinn. Right. Bill Watts killed it, man. He killed it. This was really good. He should have put his name on it because this is something to be proud of. I would be proud of this. So if you have any suggestions for anything, folks, you know where to do that. Twitter, on the group, shoot us an email, and thank you guys so much for being with us here. We will, of course, be back next week for episode 243 for another week in the Royal Rankings. We will be reviewing something. I doubt it will be as good as this, though. <laughs> Nothing can be as good as this. <laughs> Seriously. And uh, one last thing, if you want to support us, please do so at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Get the pay-per-view reviews. Get the canon for a very small donation. Until next time, I am Joe Murata. That is Michael Quinn. We'll see you next week. See ya.